Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 96. We're back in the basement to talk about another week of professional wrestling. I am your host, and sitting across from me looking somewhat tired is my co-host and teenage son, Jack. Say hello, Jack. Hi. You look like you're like trying to get your eyes open. Here well, I just yawn and they stay watered for a second. We are recording a bit earlier than usual because I've got fun plans. I guess Richard won't be listening to this before we go, or at all, probably. So he will be spoiled on his surprise neighbors down the street friends of ours that we hang out with all summer the dad is 45 so we're going out to a surprise blue jays game a whole bunch of us are taking a limo bus hopefully that is not 8,000 degrees like your our previous experience i think we talked about it on the podcast right we did um well we yeah did. when i went to yeah i remember that was the day of Graceville Rumble, I remember. Right, and I it was ended up watching a bit of that. An hour long, thirty-five degree Celsius bus ride where we were there was nothing to drink and we were all mm. can't open windows. So this one should be more fun. Haven't been to a Jays game in years. Hoping the dome is open, but looking like it won't be because they're expecting rain today. But anyways, yeah. I'm I'm excited to get out and do something with people. It's been years since I've done such a thing in a crowd full of people, feeling comfortable enough doing that now. So I refuse to do it if it's not wrestling. So I was going to say, this opens the floodgates for if I'm willing to go or to a Jays game. Jack White comes. If I'm willing to go to a Jays game, then we should probably start looking up some indie shows because yes. I'm hoping they're back around and we can get out for some fun this summer and watch some local wrestling. Or maybe All Out comes around. Well, we were even <laughs> saying if NXT, which we can't stand, even if they I, came and toured and did a house show, I would go just to see for I laughs. I will make fun of it the whole time. Right. I would do, literally bring a Chargers to film how bad it would be. And we be. could do a special review of it when we when we got home talk yeah, about it just, but yeah any sort of live wrestling i would be pretty much down for right now. i wish i hope there would be like another like the one we went to before SummerSlam weekend was good yep so i keep was... checking online to see what's around um for independent wrestling so far smash which is the biggest one i would say it, where we live is not they're still postponing shows last i checked i haven't checked in a few weeks maybe but yeah, remember that smash versus progress one because you got like so fun there's like yeah we got like there, remember there's like devlin and yep walter and trent seven and yep that uh, was such a fun day something else really something enjoyed else. that looking for another day kind of like that where even if we could take in two shows in one day i'd be willing to do that again but yeah. uh anything exciting in your week this week another week of school done getting close to summer holidays etc cetera, etc cetera. um no nothing nothing very exciting no just another week of work for me nothing very exciting there too weather's starting to get nice we're getting some yep. use out of the pool which is nice yeah i think it was like mostly this week it wasn't because i remember wearing like pants and hoodie yeah early in the it week it got back it was super hot last right, week kind of dropped a bit again yeah but now yeah. today it's hot again yesterday was hot again the apple tree in the neighbor's yard needs to stop dropping their right. flowers uh, into or my they pool. just need to grow apples but they're almost gone. I keep checking the tree. Almost all of the flowers are gone because they're all in the pool right now. But anyways, that's my pool maintenance details for today. I don't know. Should we transition into talking about some wrestling? Because I got to get this done and get we to the baseball game. We do have to get it done. All right. So let's uh, take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors right about now. So the ratings this week, I'm super thrown off because the place where I get my ratings from, which is Wrestling Inc., I guess I don't need to hide that fact, they changed the format of how they've written it. So I've gotten so good at copying and pasting the parts I need in and just a rhythm, then they've changed the the phrasing of them. So now I've had to, it's just frustrating, you know, I've just got in a rhythm of doing boom, 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 done, and now they've tweaked it on me. So 
Right. I don't think anyone feels sorry for me. It's still not really that hard. I just wanted to complain for a second there. Um, NXT this week averaged 601,000 viewers. Um, it was on Tuesday night, obviously. That's up 13%. Earned a 0.14 in the key demographic, up 40%. So considering that they are up against some heavy competition from NBA and NHL playoffs still, these are probably pretty excellent numbers, I would think. Same kind of thing for Dynamite. They averaged 922,000 viewers, which is up 10%. And they earned a 0.33 in the key demographic, which is the same as last week. So these are, again, good numbers. We They had strong competition as well from NBA and NHL playoffs. So a pretty good week for the ratings of the two shows that we track, at least. Uh, Dynamite's still not hitting that million number that I would like them to hit. But still, uh, pretty good numbers with some stiff competition each night. Mm-hmm. What you got for us? Um, so probably the week's the biggest news. We'll get that sure. out of the way. Um, Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of Raw, and the planned main event was changed. It was supposed to be some multi-person number one contender match, I think. It was changed to Asuka for Speculante. Asuka won that, so Asuka's going to face right. Belair for the title at Hell in a Cell. And I had heard that heck in a sec. somebody that saw the script claiming said that Naomi was actually supposed to win that match. Um, so again, what the details were kind of like, they didn't feel safe working with a couple of the people, even though they've worked with everybody in there. Because it was Nikki I mean, Ash. Which, I mean, maybe, Dewdrop. I guess, her, and then Dewdrop makes sense. I don't know. They're veterans, though. Like, I don't think she has a reputation of hurting anybody. No, but, anybody. like, I don't know, just, like, it on seems the strange. surface. So, my immediate rela- reaction, without knowing, obviously, anything, is good for them. Sort of, like, good for Sasha and Naomi. If they, they think they're being misused and whatever, then take a stand sort of thing. It may cost them. Um, because my related story, I guess I'll throw it in right here as well. It's kind of weird, the whole scenario. Is that all Sasha, Sasha Banks and Naomi merchandise has been pulled from the WWE shop. They're suspended indefinitely as of the, the, the incident on SmackDown. And it's announced Raw. that... Uh, sorry, Raw. Announced that a um, women's tag team championship tournament has been announced. because Which, they will how's be that going to work? Vacating there's no teams? Is yeah. That, is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> yes. They're going to cobble together like six teams or something in the next week to put in this tournament so again we don't know if it's part of a wwe storyline it doesn't feel like it to me but that because could... i don't think they would like do you on one hand maybe they would because they're just idiots but like would they really like do this whole thing to strip the tiles to do a tournament for like i don't understand it why they would feel like it, right? right like i don't know like if we're thinking in the in the way that like they want they're doing this for something i don't know what they would be doing it for like what's the end game right exactly yeah. i don't i don't see an end game from making this a work what's make made some people suspicious and i didn't hear it because we don't watch the show but like commentary addressed it right and like they did. apologize they, like, for uns i think they like buried them on behavior right on like on the air so it's interesting i mean it, you could see it being a storyline but i it doesn't feel like it to me but i guess we'll find out it definitely was the the biggest story of this week yeah do you have anything else um la knight debuted on smackdown rebranded as max dupree um scouting talent so clearly set to be a manager like tested out in the dark matches that we heard about with um mace so it's interesting because la knight is a name that they gave him i think right? yeah because he was eli drake right so they is his real name la (laughs) they're just somebody's (laughs) obsessed with changing names i guess well nxc doesn't exist that's true you develop him as a wrestler and then you just pull the rug out from under even though he was didn't need development at all like he's been main event or sorry like main roster ready since he got there right so even though he's not my favorite wrestler can he hang in the main roster setting of course he can strange that he's 
a manager, it looks like, being positioned as. But I imagine he's going to get in the ring at some point, right? They're not just going to keep him as a mouthpiece, I wouldn't think. Because um, he's such a them wrestler. Right. Too, like... He has the build they like. He can talk. He can wrestle their style just fine. So, uh, yeah, I imagine he's not going to be stuck managing for, for too long. Um, Madcap Moss has been written off television with an injury, apparently. And reports are that uh, there are pitches for him to undergo a gimmick change. This is what I said, right? I think I kind of called this that I think they have big plans for this guy, but that this character they have him in is ridiculous and puts a major ceiling on what he can do. So according to Meltzer, um, WWE is considering switching up his character. Uh, I guess he's working as a babyface now, which because, right, he's feuding with Corbin. With Corbin, right. So... It's not a lock that he's going to get a complete brand new pick character, but at least it's being considered right now. That makes sense. For his sake, I hope that they do completely revamp him, right? Like maybe blame Corbin for making him do that gimmick sort of thing against his will. I don't know. They need, he needs to get out of that gimmick because he, again, he ticks all the boxes for WWE main roster, right? He looks incredible. Um, he can work their style just fine. Um, strong athlete. I don't know how he is in promos and stuff, but that doesn't really matter that much for them at some point. But <laughs> So hopefully good for him to get a new gimmick. Mm-hmm. Back to you. And results that surprised absolutely no one except people who really like main roster crap, if you like RK-Bro. Um, Usos are the undisputed tag champs now. They beat RK-Bro via shenanigans from Romanius Reigns. Um, I don't so, even know if that counts as no news because that's what everybody, yeah. as you said, everyone it's, suspected. It's no surprise. Um, so now they all have two belts, which I think is pretty funny because, well, especially the tag belts, it's just they're holding different color straps with the same face plates on them. So right. I think that is pretty funny. And I feel like this this faction has been so dominant for so long. I don't know if generally people are getting tired of it or not. i feel like if i were watching every week i would I'm be at this like, point i mean i like that they all have but, double belts but at the same time like i feel like romans should probably ditch the blue belt right um and then you make like a new unified i saw this design for like uh, unified tag tiles where it's like the current silver plates right on like a black strap and it's just got like a red stripe up top yeah. blue stripe on the bat on the bottom mm-hmm. of the strap so i think that would like that makes sense because or they could go back to the bronze ones do you think they're gonna keep everything unified or split them back that's up what again? these were these were unification matches but are they like for how long though it's wwe well, they could unify see, them for two weeks yeah but it's different because i feel like remember they did that with becky lynch but that was a unification match that was just a winner take all these right. were becky two belts right so i think this is like permanent kind of stuff until they brand split i guess we will find two out. years right exactly <laughs> Uh, WWE Chief Brand Officer Stephanie McMahon has stepped away. Oh, I saw that. I just didn't care enough from to put her it duties. In. Yeah, barely made the cut for me. I didn't find a lot of stuff this week. So she's out for the foreseeable future. She released a statement on Twitter announcing the move, um, also sort of indicating that she will eventually return to these duties. So it's more of like a hiatus. I don't think she's gone for good. And then in a related thing, I saw um, the speculation, or maybe beyond that. I don't know if it was actual news or not. Doesn't matter. We don't claim to have everything nailed down here is that Nick Khan would be taking over most of her duties. Oh, God. Can he fire more people from that position? Probably. Is that the hope? Probably. Yeah. I only have one more. What about you? Um, so the Jokers and the own heart tournaments were for Underwhelming. The men. Oh, underwhelming <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, debut appearance for Johnny Elite, FKA John Morrison. Yeah. I will say this a million times. Wrong, Johnny. Right. Uh, you will sell that. He will say that a million times. I will people. say that so many times. And are turning Maki Ito. Doesn't look like either are signings. 
doesn't look like either interests me because right. they did not. And also, wrong Johnny, and I'm very disappointed. I know because we sort of got ourselves worked up into it thinking. It made sense, and now Cole is in the finals, and so this, it would have worked. And this is part of the problem with Khan doing this because sometimes they do deliver major stuff, and then other times it's like at least they I can like they didn't tease it a bunch, right? right. Like it's not like they were like leaning me in that direction. It just kind of made sense. To and think Johnny that. Elite was sort of something because he's never worked there and he's a WWE stalwart, but like Maki Ito has been there before and wrestling. Yeah, like, I, we know her. I don't know which one I cared about last. So, um, yeah, kind of underwhelming. I, I, I don't mind it, especially because not to spoil our review, but they both end up losing. Right. So right. it makes sense that you're not introducing some new con contracted employee that's going to lose in their first match. I would have rather, though, than but, you do that and they win like Gargano beats. Well, of course, Samoan, Samoan Joseph. But I think I don't think Britt Baker's losing, especially they were on it to set up the Tony Storm. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, the last nugget I have is that in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer confirmed um, an earlier report about Parker Boudreaux. Do you know who that is? Harland. Correct. That he was, in fact, going to be handpicked by Edge to be part of the Judgment Day stable. And Meltzer reported this didn't happen because WWE, quote, found something out about Boudreaux. That's not good. And the decision was made based on that information, along with the feeling that in developmental, he had kind of stopped improving. He plateaued too early. And was also tagged a little bit with the stigma of being injured a lot. So mm, past, interesting. past skeletons in the closet, maybe. And the fact that he was not getting that better sucks. and got injured was enough for them to say, see you later. Because I was a bit surprised, right? All of a sudden, he just wasn't with Gacy after they seemed to be like mega pushing this guy as a right. monster. And then he's just gone. Right. So who knows where he'll end mm -hmm. up. But that is all I had. Anything else for um, me? So on Rampage, Sean Spears was facing a giant. They did not see who it was. And it turned out to be a big Damo or Damo? Damo. It's Damo. Um, formerly known as Killing Dane. Good for him. Um, doesn't look like a signing again, but that's cool. Good for him. Um, I, I kind of like him. So Me too. He's a talented big man. Him. Yeah, no, he's for pretty sure. good. So um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, also, no surprise, the planned main event for Clash at the Castle, the stadium premium live event, <laughs> yeah. uh, is uh, they're planning Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. I assume it's to give McIntyre the big moment robbed from him in 2020. And also, no you think also allows a repeat of Davy Boy at SummerSlam '92. You think it he's serves, winning? I think silly, a silly boy. Roman has won its run his course. Well, B, I don't disagree with he that. He cut a promo on a live a live event that like I think he might be taking a hiatus. And also, I've yes. seen th things people saying that that might be the plan. I think it's about time. And who else is going to do it? I will tell you. I will pick against that. I don't think it's Cody I, Rhodes. Man. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm thinking Rhodes. that's what they're going. But if they're playing that match, like you think they're going to have Mac? Wait, no, that's exactly what they would do. They of would course. have McIntyre lose. Again, you're trying to apply logic. And yeah, but things. do you think they would give it to Cody Rhodes? When have they yes. ever wanted to give Cody Rhodes anything? They will. When have they ever wanted? Because he's never been anything? as hot as he is now. Yeah, I don't know. And they can't create any stars of their own. Which so is they exactly why I think they could also go to McIntyre because who? Will, they're not going to build he anyone. He just feels like stale to me right he now. He does. I'm I mean, not disagreeing with again, that. Again, we say that as people not watching the products or what? What do we know? But you keep up with it a lot more than I do. I just no. I agree. Reviews. McIntyre looks stale. I could see them very well doing that though, and then like it doesn't even like they wouldn't even have to give McIntyre a good run. Like they could. I don't know. I could see them doing that, or I would prefer Cody. Obviously, I think but it's Cody. I, I could see them doing that because, like, when the last time they did a big UK show was SummerSlam 1992, right. which was Davy Boy winning the IC belt in the main event. Yes, and I don't think they care about tapping into history either and stuff that, is that other people would remember. I don't mm -hmm. know. 
We'll see, I guess. Uh, is there anything else from news for you? Um, a couple additions to the double nothing card. Um, we just watched. There's Anarchy in the Arena, which is right. uh Kingston Pound and Powerful Blackpool Combat Club versus Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be a la Stadium Stampede, just yeah. not in a stadium. They and, did make me a little more interested in it mm-hmm. coming off um, that show. Young, and then also Young Bucks versus Hardys. Yes. Okay, that that's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, that'll happen. Anna J versus Jade Cargill for the tbs title again because you know anna jay's been just Killing knocking it. out the matches haven't yep. seen her in months but okay she's been on a winning streak okay on the internet maybe i don't Somewhere. know i, I, have I no don't idea. even know me either um so yep that's it yep all right well news and rumors are done and we're gonna move into talking in depth about a show we just finished watching like 10 minutes ago so it's fresh in my old mind which is great and that is this week's episode of aew dynamite Um, so we open the show with uh, Samoa Joe versus Joker. Um, <laughs> Listen to the excitement in your voice as you introduce the Joker. Which I mean, we mentioned it in news, but... Johnny Lee, yeah, yeah. from the news, John Morrison. FKA, FKA. FKA John Morrison, FKA Johnny Nitro, FKA Johnny Impact, FKA Johnny Mundo, FKA Johnny Superstar, I think. Um, FKA Johnny Five Star, probably Five Star Wrestling, I yeah. think. Um, Lots of FKAs. FKA John Hennigan, if we, we, right. we want to go that. Yep. Um, John from Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll pull anything here. Where he was way more endearing on that show than anything I've seen him in. Like, I exactly. came out of Survivor liking Johnny Mundo after that. Mm-hmm. Um, AKA, Wrong Johnny. Wrong Johnny. Yep. yep. Johnny Wrong. Yep. <laughs> yep. Johnny Disappointment. A little bit. I mean, Ooh. I get it, but it definitely... We I were... would take Cesaro over this. Okay, we had, talk about yeah. WWE stink. That's what you're saying about Cesaro. Right. Well, look at this guy. This guy belongs in uh, jazz to me. There's nobody more sports entertainment-y at this point to me than Johnny Elite. But anyways, mm. period. That name just doesn't have a ring to it either. Like, I feel like a lot of his names just that it works, but this just is not. Like, I feel like Johnny Impact at least kind of has, like, that just kind of rolls off the tongue. I feel yeah. like Johnny Elite just doesn't really, it doesn't really you just p- ring. just picked a quick name based on the name of the show and then ran with why, it. Why not Johnny All? For his one Johnny Wrestling Ooh, wrong, John. How dare you? <laughs> you should see the look I just got, folks. How dare that. you? That's... He almost came across the t- this tiny table at me, I think. Yeah, that is not that is disrespectful. <laughs> um, there's a few notables. There's a cartwheel clothesline by Johnny, then doesn't get all of a dive on the outside. It's like where he does like a weird parkour flippy doodad, and then just like barely hits him. Uh, there's running senton by Joe for two. Hard chop by Joe for two. Really? His chops look nuts. Watched 450 by Johnny, <laughs> yes. furthering my point that this is... A disappointment and commentary had to give the old like he positioned him too far away or something like that right because it was don't the four, do that move it was the 450 knees to the mat and then flop onto your opponent right sort of exactly thing. yeah um the, and then uh the finish comes and joe's gets the knees up on starship pain back shining in the corner with a like a crap ton of slaps yes and hits a muscle buster for the win after the match, he's attacked by Lethal Dutt, that big guy who I don't really care to say his Sat name. Sat Nemsing? Yep, I know his name. I just didn't care to say he it. He shall remain nameless. Sorry. He shall remain I'll nameless. I'll delete. I'll, I'll edit me out saying it. Just In- kidding. Indian Omas. Indian Omas. Is that yes. what it is? Yep. Uh, and then best friends um, come in with chairs to make the save. Was anyone missing from the best friends coming in? Yuta. To highlight anything from future was Trent Beretta with them? I don't remember. Yeah, it was it was Trent Beretta, uh, Romero, and Charles Taylor. Is that interesting? Knowing what we learn later about Trent Beretta, 
What do you mean? Does we not learn that he is back forming a tag team with somebody else? Yeah, but Romero is there too. Oh, he's eating the best friends as well. Sorry, yeah, I missed by, that. by affiliation. Oh, I see. Um, so I, I like you said, you described it. Johnny was not perfect in this match for sure, but I still enjoyed the match. Just the there's a nice contrast there, right? You've got Johnny's flashy, very much sports entertainment, add as many flips and twists to things as you can. And then Samoa Joe's like straight ahead, I'm gonna kill you realistic style. It kind of worked for me. Um and I kind of thought that I don't know, maybe it's me reading into it, but it felt like Joe was getting aggravated by the showy offense actually doing damage to him, and then he'd get super mad and like just take liberties, almost chopping Johnny's head off his shoulder at some points. Um, and the shoulder tackles he hit were huge as well. Um, so I'm not thrilled with the arrival of Johnny Elite, I guess they're calling him. I would have preferred, I, I'm hoping this is a one off. I haven't heard if it is or not. You said in the news that neither were signed at this point. Is that what you said? Or you uh... don't know? I I don't I haven't seen they would have posted it I think so too they always post the graphic I always see it like and the fact that he lost his debut would indicate to me he's probably not signed it's more likely it's a one-off I Um, hope not because like get him out and I enjoyed this match I'm not gonna lie and it's nice to see Joe back in the ring on a regular basis I just I thought his career was ending too quickly so I'm glad to see him back working a pretty entertaining yeah that second NXT title was really a disappointment because there was a lot of potential in that I think I mean obviously they were on the cusp of 2.0 but having not known that right it had a lot of potential so this match didn't blow me away but I thought it was a pretty solid opener I don't know what about you I feel like I probably liked it more than you did it was okay first debut I think Johnny was quite on the back burner for his debut but I mean obviously um I think he may not be long for AEW I think a pretty good performance from Joe. I'm happy he's advancing because it's either he faces Kyle Riley or Phoenix, so it's a win-win. Right. Uh, Johnny Lee, as the Joker here, was a waste, though. It would appear as if he's not signing because I haven't seen the post from EW. Days later, still nothing. Right. Um, It's fine as a one-off surprise, but I'm still not happy with this because it just wasted the slot that had, like, potential to do better than this. Mm-hmm. Should have been a spot to debut someone signing again. I think that's always the best way to go if they had anyone lined up. I guess they didn't. Um, and again, I say wrong, Johnny. I really think it should have been both Garganos because, like, I don't know how. Because if they're if they come, like, I think this would have been the perfect spot. I mean, again, maybe it just doesn't work it's out. It's tough because but... you almost have to have them win the ter- the tournament at that point. Then right? I don't know. I think you could at least have Gargano go to the finals where Cole is now seated. Yeah. And then I think you could go either way. I don't think they need to win the tournament. I think it might make sense, but especially with um the having babyface champions right now yeah i don't think it's a necessity i mean you could still do a title match but you yep. know what i'm saying um at least morrison uh didn't win yeah um he got beat pretty bad and lost clean so he's probably gone i think that just kind of furthers my disappointment a bit mm-hmm. um next we got a quick hardy's interview jeff's medically cleared he says he feels good when he gets out there and the bucks come in now matt says he is scared he scared them last week and jeff doesn't need to keep doing this and he's a shell of his former self yep ding and, ding ding correct mm-hmm, yep uh, and should take the night off he should cole will kick his ass mm-hmm. uh matt says there are a couple of hardy wannabes and that they interfere cole won't be the only member of their group getting a beating Ooh. um i thought it was fine pushing us closer to match now confirmed i don't care about but it's nice to have some assurance jeff will lose because he seems to be occupied um yeah the i thought the interaction was fine but like you which now is confirmed to happen at the point we were watching this. It just felt like it was. It's just a decade late, right? I'll say it every time. I um, I think that's fair because I feel like saying two decades late. Like I feel like 2012 would be like what fine. early bucks, doable Hardys. Yep. And like I I keep seeing like 
like I, I said something on their post and then people are like, oh, you have no, like it's, the Hardys are old. They're like, literally they are a shell of the former selves. I, I apply that to both of them. And I don't even Jeff. think that Matt Hardy would deny that because he knows his body is barely hanging on at this point, right? Um, Leg I guess dropping. these four could pull off an entertaining match, I suppose. I trust but... the Bucks here because, yeah. I mean, I think the Hardys, they're not great because it's just, they're, they're too past their prime. They're way yeah. too past their prime, but I do trust the Bucks to make this as good as it can be. Like I think, I think, so. I think it's in the best hands that you'd want it to be, like with a Hardys match I, on a pay-per-view. I still don't want this by any stretch of the imagination, but I do trust the Bucks with this. Yeah, it could be fun. I, I mean, I think you're the same. I watch AEW to see wrestlers in their prime that I haven't right, already and my watched thing is for like, decades. I could see the Bucks do something way better. Like I don't know who they could face, but like the Bucks could just face... They could just, they could just have a way better match. They, I feel like the Hardys are a waste of their time. They could they could be doing something way better. I think. Yes. Um. Uh, so we've learned from all of this, um, that I pretty much don't care about nostalgia in wrestling, but a lot of people do, and I understand that. So that's where this comes from. I mean, their Hardys are getting great reactions from the crowd still. So you can't blame AEW for doing what they're doing with them. It's just I personally. I'm not really interested in this. Um, but anyways, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Now transitioning into something that I was very, very interested in. Pleasantly surprised My as goodness. well. Um, next we have Hangman Page taking on, insert first name, Takeshita. This is one of the things I've been looking forward to talking about the yes, most this for week. for sure. Probably. I forgot his first name because I even didn't know how to say his last name. And I've been We've saying We've been practicing. It. I've been practicing over the course yes. of a few days. Takeshita. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he's pretty cool. He was on... Like for people who don't know, he's he's from I think DDT is he a is. promotion, yep, uh, Japanese place I think, yep. Um, and he when they were so he had a match on Rampage against Jay he Lethal, did. and when they were advertising that, he was also apparently on the house show they did before Dublin thing last year. Uh, house always wins, I believe. Yep. So he's got a bit of AEW outings. I think he might have been on Dark too. I assume. I hope we get more um, of him. I hope we do you. too. Yeah, he was pretty good. Um, CM Punk on commentary, so kind of a role reversal here. Um, some notables from the match. Um, Ball with Slam and Spring World Clothesline by Hangman with Takeshita on the apron. Uh, slingshot Dive the Outside by Takeshita. I think that was, it was pretty cool. It was like he kind of like, when the, it was like kind of hand standing on the ropes for yeah. a second and then like, he, like dropped held down. on and yeah. put his feet way up in the air. Uh, back suplex on the apron by Hangman followed by the Orihara Moonsault to pull Hangman. A really nice like fast blue thunder bomb by Takeshita. High German suplex by Hangman. Then Takeshita Super comes back high. with another high one as well. Yes. Really nice. And then a stiff double clothesline leaves them both down. Um, Takeshita blocks a discus form with a stiff form of his own, and then a really nice last ride powerbomb for two after the kickout, hitting a really nice knee strike. Um, Hangman catches a springboard with a discus forearm, and the finish comes when he kneels a buckshot Larry, and of course, because Punk's there, a GTS, and Hangman picks up the win. Yeah, I'm not, what a match. I absolutely love this match. I'm immediately a huge fan of Takeshita. Um, yeah, I. I was just like I could I could not stop talking about it after it was amazing like yeah just he was so and he's so fast too like even did like this like that running flying clothesline thing which I think was kind of like it reminds me of that move that Undertaker has in 2K but like I don't he was just so good he's so like fast he's like you were saying in the during it he's like a Japanese hangman he's very similar to Paige it's it was incredible he's got good size the look he's strong he's fast he can do flips like he's a hybrid kind of. He was Reminds awesome. me of Paige, just capable of doing anything. His strikes look really stiff. They need to keep him. I know. His high-impact offense was awesome. <clears throat> He's super athletic. Um, And, I mean, it may be a criticism as well, but I'm happy Paige gave this kid so much and made him look like a star here. Like, 
rarely do matches get like a vocal kind of visceral reaction from me as they're going on. Mm -hmm. But several times in this match, yes. we were both like, like yeah, yeah. saying things out loud, loving it. Um, and this was just a random match with no build in the middle of a TV oh, show. It it's right? like it was the perfect TV match. I think like this and like what else? What was good on TV recently? There was like Phoenix, Dante Martin. Yes, like, it was like, amazing. And like even like I even like FTR Young Bucks wasn't long ago. Like yep. they've been doing pretty good. Like this was just what a little TV match would be like. Talk about make, like you said, making a guy look look like a million bucks. Like Honestly. in one match, what a showing he got. Like like his strikes were really nice. Like he just hits stiff. It looks awesome. He looks like, like he, like you said, like a Japanese hangman, just like, he's a perfect hybrid. He's awesome. He could fly, it could fly under the radar and match the year contenders. Like, I love this. Like, this it's is on the list for me. It, it, it is. It, it was awesome. I love um, it. These together was great. I cannot stop talking about Takeshi. This stuff was awesome. And you got to give credit where credit is due. Like, hangman's a great opponent for Takeshi. Absolutely. Like, to give, make him look good. And hangman looked great too. And Takeshi hasn't had a ton, a ton of outings yet. But I hope he gets a lot more. I hope they sign him if, too because if he isn't signed already. He deserves it. They need to just sign him now. They right? need to take him. I think it so. was he was awesome here. This was like my favorite thing of the week, hands yeah. down. Loved it. It it, it was it, it was amazing. Now it I'm not so sure. Good. I'm not sure Paige having such a competitive match and honestly he was dominated for stretches of this right against yeah. a new a newcomer is the best for the champ. But like. I think I he just got don't... a solid amount of offense, and it was just it was too good. And I just don't care. I enjoyed the match so much that I can forgive a lot of stuff. Um, and it's like a new guy too. It's like in, I feel like it's probably like his main introduction into to American fans. Yeah. Because I didn't really know him before this. Like, and now I wish I had watched the Lethal match too. And I was telling you, I went because when I see stuff like this, I'll go and look up people's reactions to it, and I'm. I'm questioning whether a lot of people actually watched this show before they wrote their reviews. Because I was telling you, there's people like. Three star match, solid stuff. B minus, pretty good showing by Takeshita. And I'm like, what are you talking? And then I that see like amazing. four, four and a quarter stars, which is more in line with what I think. I also thought the stuff between Paige and Smug CM Punk was pretty enjoyable too. I just thought this was like I saw a thing that they were saying like this. Um, I was like reading a thing they were saying like they'd never booked like a title match that's this hard to call. Which right, like I that's mean, that's, that's fair. Like yep. I, it is pretty. Like I could definitely see it being Punk. Unfortunately, I don't want it to be Punk. Right. I don't want it to be Punk at all. But I could definitely see that happening. I thought this was like professional wrestling in its finest form. You get an amazing match that also further builds a feud that's going on, right? With right, the, yeah, it was awesome. With the GTS, the GTS kind of looked cool looking too. Looking punk in the eyes, right? Doing that, so yeah. I thought this was fantastic. It was awesome. Loved yeah. it. Now, yep. if we get a quick, quick Fuego del Sol promo, because yep, Fuego says <laughs> right. he does that's like a, that's the, as good a reason as any. Like I have no idea the, what's going on. He does on. like that singer thing not just for the trinity because he's crazy he must be crazy to keep going after them yep um fuego's made to walk through fire evil uno and 10 come in frame uno says something something basically a match on rampage odds will be in their favor 10 says they may even be 10 to 1 all Ooh. i had to say was this is fine i missed two grayson what so i am very confused by what's going on with house of black right now the segment with julia hart a, hart a couple weeks ago was super confusing now they're back to these guys feuding with a jobber that never wins anything ever that I thought we were moving on from. I think that they're just... House of Black is really undefined at this point, and I don't know what to think of them anymore right now. I, de I, like, I definitely want to watch them in the ring, and apparently Death Triangle House of Black is official, right, for the pay-per-view? Uh, is my understanding. I haven't seen it. But I thought I saw that today. Uh, I would hope so. Um, so I definitely want to see that, but nothing else about this group's working for me right now. Where's Buddy Murphy been? I haven't yeah, really seen him I do want, anything. I need a cool Buddy Murphy match. He, like, 
How has he not wrestled Phoenix? I want to love this group so much, but I don't think they're being I'm handled properly. They were, though, and that's the weird thing, because I think, like, just before or when Murphy came in, yes. they were and like they were hot off that off that uh, pre-show match, right. and then they faced Fuego Del Sol on Rampage two weeks in a row with different partners. And then they did a super confusing segment with Julia Hart last right, week where they or whatever, been, and now they're I back to I will literally Fuego. just take, like, if we have, like, constant short Malachi Black promos... I'll take anything from them because yeah. I really like their stuff. But so I don't know where they're going. I they need to figure out this group and get them in a direction, yeah, a consistent direction I that I can understand. I really want to like them because I Me think too. all three of them are really cool, and I I love Murphy. He's one of my favorite guys. So in but... ring, I'm super excited. Everything else about them, I'm not. Basically, yeah, in a I, I wish I was. Me too. Uh, next we get Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Work Horseman with which is JD Drake and and I almost said Asher Hale uh anthony henry this is like my ultimate jobber tag team i love both of these guys mine would have been uh th and it's funny because it's like similar um contrast in body types to the their opponents right you've got swerve and lee and then you've got <laughs> asher hale and the big fella right right if they were still around my jobber tag team would be th2 even though they shouldn't be jobbers. yeah they're great too i miss th2 stupid jack evans had to leave um the only thing i know it was like uh so swerve and henry Henry are wrestling. He's, he like backs him in the corner. He has his back against Henry, and then he breaks, kind of like starts to walk away, and just it's like a jumping kick to Henry's face. It's pretty cool. Right. And then I like their finisher. Me too. Um, so the finish comes with their uh, finisher, which is just like a foot. A, so Swerve is on the top row. It's like a diving foot stop spear bomb combo. So that was really cool. Yeah, I think it looks good too. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and then, sorry. Go ahead. Are you? Was that your notables? And then yeah, and then there's just the post match. Go ahead. Do okay. that first. Um. So Lee says with the victory, they become a top five team, just like that. Of course. I think they had a match on Dark, too. They're um, tracking those stats real gets closely. cut off by Team Taz. Oh, yeah, what I liked, a Swerve did was so after he, like, stomped him, he kind of, like, rolled through and then, like, stood up again and did a bow as Lee was pinning right. him. That was kind of funny. Yep. Um, Stark says they are on some most selfish, they're the some of the most selfish jabronis, bring back that Ooh. term, uh, they've ever met. And it's insane they think they deserve a shot when they are there because he beat Jungle Boy and he beat Swerve and Lee. Uh, Swerve roast Starks. But then Jurassic Express come out. Kate, Christian Cage says Starks should be smart enough to shut up and roast Starks too. And he says Starks thinks he's ready for a real title. Um, roasted an FGW title, which is true. Um, Cage says they're both top teams, but Jurassic Express are the best. And he challenges both teams to a three-way at double or nothing. Going back down to that, well, looks like it. I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. And he says he wants Jungle Boy to get his win back, so he wants Jungle Boy versus Starks versus Swerve, which is next week. So woo woo woo. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fun little squash match here. It showcased, as you said, like a pretty cool-looking tag team finisher. I mean, Swerve looked really fast and crisp. Lee, they seem to really be leaning into Lee as a powerhouse, right? Instead of like. He's an oversized athlete, which yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's okay, but I feel like that really like limits what makes him cool. No like, pun I, intended. Limitless. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Um, but no, ironically, it does, yeah, because I, I think like the whole appeal of Keith Lee is that he is this amazing hybrid that he right. can do like a standing moon, so he can do all this like... He's built like a school bus, but somehow but can he do can, stuff. Like, yeah, you can do yeah. like a Hurricane like That's like, I think, main appeal of Lee. I'm not saying like he's like, if he is a Paris, that doesn't like turn like that doesn't like turn me away like I think, no. I think he's still awesome but like i think the main appeal of him is that he is one of these rare hybrids that can do anything i think right? they should go ironic tag team and keith lee does all high flying and 
spots and then swerve is just the powerhouse and like stays um, grounded kind of like a uh, <laughs> war raiders right just, like yeah ivar is the right the flippy guy and then and then <laughs> row is the ray <laughs> row is this that would be like shooter. taking that to the extreme if swerve was the <laughs> <It> powerhouse <would. laughs> um so lee's delivery on the mic still bugs me a bit but that might be just me i thought starks was really good swerve held his own too and i'm a little bit surprised that i'm pretty into this angle for some reason it's it's been simple right which I, is some of my favorite stuff they all think they're the best tag team and we're gonna find a way to figure this out right um and i mean like the last triple threat tag like the last t- title tag title match at the paper at last pay-per-view was revolution which was the first three-way they did which right. was jurassic express again and then young bucks and red dragon that match was awesome yes, i love that match so really if they're fun. going back to that well i'm totally here for it. and i think these are three good teams to do that with too and i've sort of whatever they've been doing has sort of convinced me that Hobbs and Starks are a legitimate yeah. like they've elevated them yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. for me right so I'm happy with that I think that match with Swerve and Lee definitely helped because I really like that match too yeah so I'm kind of excited for this and I couldn't tell it's a really I, good talent pool we even went back and checked right if Jungle Boy was selling slight displeasure at Christian booking them but um, he, I thought that at first too, but, but I he think wasn't. he's okay with it. Yeah, right? no, like, yeah. and they're like raising the titles when he was doing that. So like, I I thought that at first too, but then um I thought then they weren't. But yeah, so I'm kind of into this little angle they've built with these I'm tag teams. And the match next week is cool, like the the triple threat yep. with the smaller three. Really simple storyline that's working for me right They're now. They're all uh, big man, little man teams. Exactly, which I like. <laughs> which I like in <laughs> that, tag teams that is a gonna lot. Gonna be interesting. Um, it was a straight up squash match, but Swervenly got a cool finisher. At least I, I really like that. Um, and then Jack Express got a cool finisher. Hmm, one of these teams is at a place then. Right. What is, like, I don't know what a tag finisher for them is. Like, just, I don't, like, do you, like, could he spear him as he's, like, doing a spam? Like, you know, like, as he's turning him over, like, Starks runs and spears him. And it's like a, he could, like a spear spine, but I, it wouldn't make sense, really. He but like, pick him up. Something. I don't know. We'll see. Pick him up for the spine buster. Spear him off the middle rope into the spine buster. I don't know. Yeah, you could do that too. Honestly, I, I, anything. We'll see. Um, Lee's promo was just okay. Um, Stark's promo was solid. Christian was okay. I do like the other, uh, the idea of another three way match. Sure, they're they're just doing it again after the last peer review, but when it works, it works. Yep. I think another good combination too. I am very interested in the triple next week. Uh, as well that seems very interesting i like them getting into more multi-person like uh matches like three ways because i feel like they're kind of getting like with these two title matches and then the last year double nothing there was like the member omega casting mm-hmm. pack like i like them getting more into that and i think at some point i want a fatal four-way title match because yeah. I, I just i want them to start getting into that because like they don't need to do it I, and i do appreciate that they build like actual feuds yeah um and like to like these big payoffs and one-on-one matches but i'd like to see how like they build to something like, um, remember the In Your House five way that I was watching recently? Yes. I'd like to see them build to something like that. I, I'd, I'd like to see how they would do that. You know, And I think they could do a really good job with that. Right? Yeah, a lot of people get tired of multi-man and multi-team matches and think it's lazy. I, for one, generally enjoy them. I think they're just fun. Like, and especially if it's if it's not overdone, I yeah. think it's perfect. I think if it does border on overdone, then I understand. And it can be lazy booking, but I don't think in this case it is. This makes yeah, sense exactly. the way they've presented it. Agreed. Uh, next we have Chris Statler and a Red Velvet interview. Two gimmicks I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I it was pretty generic stuff. Here is my note on this. Velvet says they may have saved each other in the past, but that ship has sailed. She's trying to win the whole thing the batty way. Statlander says they both have changed for some reason. It's just it's still slightly. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Ever it's so still slightly. Weird. She wasn't here originally, so she will try her best to win, and it's all business. This happened yesterday. I don't even know who won. Um. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, Cargo comes in, says something, tells Ronnie to cut the crap. So she was there too. She made it a little bit better for me, especially the way she interacts with Tony. And man, it was funny because they push Statlander as this big, strong powerhouse. And then Jade walks in and makes Statlander look like a child <laughs> next to her, right? Because right. Jade is just so imposing and humongous. So yeah, I'm, I don't really care too much about this. Um, Statlander's change has been... They mentioned it, and then they've just sort of done nothing with it since then. So I don't know. It doesn't feel like any sort of hot storyline to me. I like Jade and the baddies, but this was just kind of there. It was nothing special at all, I didn't think. I assume you feel similarly. Yeah, I can't say I really cared for this. No. Um, It was fine. I don't really care. I don't know if Statlander's current thing is better or worse than the alien thing, because it hasn't been elaborated on. So I, really don't, I don't even know what it is. Bella as a baddie is still just odd, but at least that's better. Sure. It's different. We'll say that. It's different. <laughs> She's changed. Everybody's yeah. changed slightly, like 12% yeah. different. 12%. <laughs> it's like with milk, it's like 2%. And this was a show where there was a lot of segments I really liked. This was not one of them. It's not. The next one was, though. Yeah. Um. Next, we get Wardlow's 10 Lashes. MJF makes his entrance, cuts a promo, says, unfortunately, he's no longer in Long Island. I would say that's unfortunate, too, because I really loved it last week. I thought it was awesome. Um, and he struggles to say Houston, Texas, and then so he's like, he keeps choking up on it. Um, he says, it's true, everything is bigger in Texas, and he's looking at a bunch of fat hicks. Yep. Uh, he says, if Wardlow retaliates at all during the lashes, doesn't get the match, can't ever sign with AEW, blah, blah, blah. He says, to send the pig down, Wardlow makes his way out, escorted by security. So we start, a couple lashes have no effect, Wardlow's kind of laughing. MJ goes for four more, up to six. Spears holds him back uh, before he wastes all the shots. And Wardlow's still standing there pretty much unaffected. Yeah, MJF he just then, no-sold all of those. Yeah. MJF then, like, Sting. What? Like, Sting. What do you mean? He no-sold. Oh, he no-sold, like, Sting. Stupid. And then there was a little bit of MJF versus his shirt. I don't know if you yeah. knew that. And the crowd was loving it. Yeah, Right, I that he was that. couldn't get his shirt off. Mm-hmm. Um, MJF then hits a Lobo from behind, kicking Wardlow in the balls, uses... The last of the lashes going out of control. Then Spears holds Wardlow for a ring shot. Wardlow takes a Death Valley driver. MJF counts a phony three count. Um, I thought it was all right. Nothing compared to last week, though. I thought the promo was uh, shorter, but it was pretty good. I feel like the lashes and the brawl was not super interesting. I thought it was okay, but um, not as good as last week. Like, I really liked last week. I think this was like a bit of a step back. See, I enjoyed this more than you. I don't know if I liked it as much as last week, but I thought this was good. Um. I thought the bottom line, Wardlow keeps looking like a badass. MJF continues to be the great Weasley heel who's getting frustrated because all he wants is a reaction out of Wardlow and Wardlow won't give it to him, right? And I'm really liking Wardlow's facial expression still. I also thought that this segment had the potential to be far too long, but the fact that the lashes started like immediately kept this thing moving. And then it's cool, like Wardlow, the, the lashes have no effect, so MJF starts to have like a temper tantrum and almost wastes all of his strikes then, right? Which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, and, and just Wardlow refusing to give MJF the satisfaction of selling any of these was great. MJF then has to re- resort to cheap shots, which makes sense. Um, I, I thought this was well done, and Wardlow, when he finally gets his hands on MJF, the crowd is going to go bananas. So I thought this was another... Um, good segment in in this feud that has been a great build and is creating a star for this company so i thought this was another good segment mm-hmm. uh next we get a quick promo from rapongi vice because yep <laughs> yep uh trent Barretta says rapongi vice are back full time Romero says they want to go after the roh tag titles and then the iwgp heavyweight tag titles because they were always junior heavyweight i think 
Um, and then the AEW tag titles. Whoa, buddy. Getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. Trent Beretta uh, challenges FTR to a title match next week for the Ring of Honor belts. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a fine trope promo. Definitely here for that match, though. It is confirmed. It is really sudden. Like, it, it came out of the blue. But I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, these guys, are they are a cool tag team to have on your roster. I think they're a tier or two below the top level. Um, but I again, like, where did this come from? So what's going to happen to best friends? And for me specifically, Chuck Taylor, and then it, I think I told you at the time, it automatically makes me wonder about Chuck Taylor's contract status, right? Because if his is about to run out, he feels like a guy they might not renew, and then they're trying to move Trent into something different. I'm obviously just wildly speculating because I have no idea. It's just kind of how it feels to me. But I do think Rapongi Vice would be a good fit for ROH, right? Like, I don't think they're going to win the, the titles, but... Um, I think they're a good fit for the ROH brand that they're they're going forward. So interesting, very sudden move here. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of odd, but I think it'll be a good match next week. Um, it, it will. And FTR aren't heel anymore, so it's kind of exactly. It's kind of it's kind of odd. It is. It's going to be unless they're going to turn Rapongi heel really quickly, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, next week get Kyle Riley versus Ray Phoenix, Owen Hart, quarterfinal. Um, there's a topic on your roster. There's a middle rope by Phoenix, so not really a tope. Um, Kyle Riley catches a dive into a triangle. Uh, Phoenix went for the that rope swing kick, but the bad arm gave out because Kyle Riley's been targeting the arm that Phoenix destroyed bent, bent backwards, snapped in two. It looked like yeah, at the time, literally bent the wrong way, like right. underneath himself. Um, rope walk into a super kick, and then an interesting power bomb kind of move by Phoenix for two. Uh, there's a strike exchange, more moves, a strike exchange. Uh, Kyle Riley's on the apron. Phoenix rope walks to hit her curve and run off the apron. So um, Phoenix sends Kyle Riley back in the ring. Uh, Kyle Riley catches a cutter, changes into an arm bar with the leg trapped, which I think might be called Armageddon. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty funny. And he taps out Phoenix for the win. Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it should be called. It's brutal. <clears throat> so a very good TV match. Um, cool limb targeting by O'Reilly. Lots of cool counters and transitions by him as well. Good selling by Phoenix I put in the moment because... Like, as it's happening to him, he sells well, and then he kind of forgets about it and does moves that he probably shouldn't be doing if he's really selling it, but I don't really care that much. Um, I thought the match built nicely, kind of started out slowly, and then got a little more intense as it went on and crazy by the end. Crowd was really into it. I preferred by a significant margin the Takeshita Page match, but I still think this was a highly entertaining TV match, and I'm happy that O'Reilly picks up a quality singles win here. Uh, what did you think? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like this. I think it, like, it just, it, it just sucks because it really gets overshadowed because I'm still loving the Takeshita match. Yes. But I like Kyle Riley targeting the arm. Like, I think he caught him a couple times. That was pretty good. And it, like, fits his style. And, um, and it also makes sense because we watched his arm die. Yes, we did. Um, I, it played into a pretty good finish, too. Like, I like how that finish went. Um, I think it was like pretty good. I think they could have kicked into a bit of a higher gear if they wanted to, but I think they did good for what they got here. Yep, I agree. I uh, enjoyed next, it. We got a pleasantly, surprisingly good segment. Um, we get Jericho and Regal face to face, which is essentially just the t- Jazz and then Regal's crew. Right. Um, Park Angelo Parker, I think it is. What um cuts off the music in the pyro. 
Um, Jericho says when they were ambushed last week, the crowd were cheering, and he was thinking who could have put that together this attack. And of course, it's his old friend William Regal. He says it's been a while, and it's good to see Regal. He thought he'd be dead by now, <laughs> and it's amazing he still has a brain that sort of works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he says talk about wasted potential. And Regal could have been one of the greatest of all time. Like Jericho could have been a world class champion times over. Instead, he ended up being a world class addict, and he's been fired from every company he's ever worked for until he weaseled into AEW on the coattails of his proteges. <laughs> And then he goes to roasting every member of the babyface group. Um, he tells Jericho to go home, and or he tells Regal to go home, sorry, and stay out of the business, or he'll throw a fireball in his face because he's a wizard, or maybe he'll take a piss in his tea again. Right. Reference to a WWE angle, yep. I believe. It is. Um, Regal's turn to speak. Regal says he met Jericho in 1997 and had to listen to him whine, tells him to be quiet. He says for every time he was on a show with Jericho, he wasn't wrestling, he would take Jericho's toiletry bag, stick Jericho's toothbrush up his ass. Lame. Did that for to Garcia Brutal last week response. too. I don't. Yeah. I don't really care for that no. line. Jericho says he knows what they want. They want to fight. And it just so happens that double nothing is synonymous with the match he created. He's about to challenge them. Standing stampede. Mox cuts him off. Says he isn't doing that sports entertainment crap. And that match was a different time and place. They should do it in front of an arena, screaming fans. He challenges them to a five on five. You can call it whatever you want. And it's a sport they love versus a bunch of stupid BS. Jericho says if they want anarchy. They got it. He says, Jazz are a well-oiled machine, but last time Santana and Mox were together, they were trying to stab each other's eyes out. Thank you Fair for pointing point. that out. Yes. Um, Jericho also reminds him of the past issues between Kingston and Danson, what they said about each other. Um, Kingston says Danson is, like you said, something about Danson, and he's, he back, he doesn't like back down. He's like, yeah, I said that. It was and hilarious. He says, to hurry it up, doesn't want to wait. He doesn't care. He wants to fight now. Jazz, leave. Yeah. Um. I, this was a, a bizarro promo for me because I really liked what Jericho had to say, which I haven't lately. And then I hated what Regal said when I usually like what he says, right? Yeah. So Jericho showed a bit more edge and seriousness here. So I thought this was somewhat ironic because it felt less sports entertainment-ish to me. Um, he, and he tapped into Regal's real history, right? That worked for me as well. And the crowd was super into this, which made it feel um, even like bigger and just a more personal attack here from Jericho. I liked it. Um, he used some WWE verbiage here, right? He called Danielson a nerd, which used to be Michael Cole's refrain about, he's just a nerd. Um, he took a shot at Moxie's rehab, which I thought was <laughs> That funny. was, like, pretty... I was surprised he went there. And then you get Regal, who's normally this, like, intelligent, eloquent speaker who just says, I put your toothbrush in my butt. And I thought that was, like, super disappointing response to Yeah, him. it was just, like... Um, and like out of line like it yeah just it's wasn't... not in character for regal there should be it something much like more rather... clever than that yeah like juvenile that felt wwe response to me but... uh, yeah um so the blackpool combat club refusing a more sports entertainment type of match because i think they were about to pitch stadium stampede right that makes sense to me um they're opting for like a more violent match which uh, is on brand for them obviously eddie kingston made me laugh so hard when he just turned, like, the look he exchanged with Danielson, he just went, you are, right? <laughs> like, well, I forget, what did he, I can't forget what Jericho specifically accused Eddie of calling Danielson, and he was like, yeah, he, you know, and, and I love that. So then there's a bit of, obviously, the can they coexist angle within the uh, Blackpool Combat Club team, because there's people with issues with each other there. So I actually really enjoyed this segment, minus the William Regal line, and I'm happy to say that, because I haven't really enjoyed anything from JAS so far, so... I thought this was the best Jericho I've seen in quite a while. I thought he was really good here. Yeah, absolutely. I actually like this way more than I thought I would. By far the best segment Jazz have been involved in so far. Jericho's actually pretty good here, and he was funny too. Like, there are a lot of lines I was like, I yep. was chuckling. Um, harkens back to early AW when I, 
he was like super like Le Champion Jericho was super entertaining. It really did. Right? Yep. Um I think he was so much better here, more serious, just it was amusing. Mox is amusing too. I thought it was funny, like he just like come off, he was like, I don't want to do that crap. Right. Um I thought that was pretty funny. I liked his bit. Um I'm not sure how different this will be from Team Timpede other than no stadium. And probably no horsies this time or golf carts. That was only the first one, but still. Um, should be a good one though. I'm very interested in the match. Not like I think this helped me get interested in the feud, but I just like me these too. kind of matches in general. Kingston was really awesome in his little bit too. I like the hilarious Loki exchange with dancing. Um, and then to follow up on this for some reason, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel cut a promo. <laughs> Seidel says Blackpool Combat Club can't get along with anyone because they focus on violence. Because there was a bit of a confrontation between Kingston and Danielson. Seidel says they will give them a fight. They are not prepared for the two highest flyers in AEW. They will give them a fight on Rampage. Phoenix is on the team, so that's already a lie. Phoenix is better. Um, and I thought, so this is odd right after the segment, just doing for Blackpool Comic Club, of course. Fine promo, didn't really care, just a Rampage match. Yeah, I thought it was fine, too, in that Dante Martin sounded maybe a little less awkward than he has at times, but I told you I get to do one of my favorite things where I get to go, are we to believe that they had these guys set up waiting and watching the the previous interaction with Jass and Blackpool Combat Club. And like, we're going to go live to your reaction right after this, Matt right. Seidel and Dante Martin. Like, so they're just standing there waiting. So anyways, that felt a bit strange to me, but it'll set up a little, you know, match to give them something to do until the pay-per-view. Um, and again, I guess the idea of like, the super violent faction against the ultimate high-flying team is kind of a cool idea. So who knows? It'll probably be an interesting match. I just thought it was strange that it's like, and now we cut to Dante and Matt talking about the segment that just happened. Right. Like, that yeah, doesn't it, really it happen. And why would it be these right. two that get that opportunity? Mm-hmm. But other, it was fine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we get Breakbreaker versus Joker. Women's own heart. Quarterfinal. Um, it was Makito. I, I was okay with it. I, I have to admit, I, her entrance makes me laugh. The fact, like, this whole I'm a delusional pop star sort of thing as she's, like, badly lip-syncing and stuff kind of makes me laugh. I'm not going I think the lie. entrance is solid, but then I think it's just, like, she once we got into the match, she was just kind of annoying. Well, and it was the classic, what, like, six, seven-minute match with a commercial break in the women's it, match she, again. It felt, that felt sports entertainment, like, her, right. her shtick. Oh, she is, for sure. Yeah. She is. Um, Ito countered a lockjaw no pin for two. There's a falling headbutt for two, and that's all I noted because Baker wins with a lockjaw. Yeah, I, I was actually totally fine with this match. I think I enjoyed it more than you. Ito's antics were enough to make this feel different and just something a little bit different on this show. Because um, you know Britt Baker's winning this match, so it went the right amount of time. Like, I wouldn't have wanted this to be any longer. And we already talked about the Jokers were a little bit underwhelming, especially since Ito's been in the company. At least they mentioned that she and Britt Baker were a team at one point. They're not right. They're not like WWE where they expect us to... To just disregard everything that I happened know in that the past. I wouldn't know that it was like a one-off match at Revolution last year. Right. Um, or maybe a couple matches. I'm not sure either of the Jokers will be regulars in AEW, obviously. I thought this match was all it needed to be. I, it, I was completely fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Tony Storm walked out after a stand on Baker. She did. I don't care because it's Tony Storm. Uh, I really like the Storm-Hater uh, match, I have to say. So I'm interested in Storm-Baker at this point. And you're shaking your head at me, mm-hmm. looking at me with disgust. Nope. That was a good match, man. I don't know nope. what your problem is, but it was nope. a good match. Uh, this was whatever, super short, but there's your women's match of the week. Uh, it was lame, not much here, and I'm not really a fan of Makio. She doesn't really offer much, and it's just like a it's sports entertainment kind of stuff. I just I didn't really love it. I, didn't, it I was can such a small say, dose, I was okay with I it. I can officially say they wasted both Joker slots in the tournaments when they had much more potential. Right. 
Um, next we get Shivani in the ring. Deeb cuts him off, says she's sick, sick of hearing him talk. She heard what he said last week, that she couldn't win a double or nothing. She says, congratulations. In one interview, he made himself a complete idiot. Or, as I would, as I wrote, a compete idiot. A competing idiot? Yeah. He's a competitive idiot. It's like a contest. <laughs> He's trying to win. <laughs> He's trying to beat JR. Ooh, that's that is... that's going to be tough. <laughs> that's exactly. going to be a squash match. <laughs> and then she says, Dustin Rhodes had a lot to say last week. She wants him to come out. Deeb says she respects what Rhodes had to do. She says she paid her dues. Talks about, like, gang implants because for old perverts and also I love that a line. reference to a uh, straight edge society which yep. i mean i shaved my head right, right? which yeah. reminded me like get her no like i take a one-off like fast segment with her and punk i just yep. think that'd be super interesting like i i just would love that um and she asks why he said she couldn't win she says he can't answer now because he doesn't have the balls uh rosa comes out so rose tries to hold her back and then like something happens and eventually deep gets the belt and hits her in the face mm-hmm. with the belt and takes the belt i think yeah so we haven't we didn't really talk about this because we came right down to do it on into our, these microphones but i love this i thought deep was amazing here uh passionate promo that tapped into a whole bunch of real details from her career yeah i right? really like the callbacks to stuff Me and like too. i think like like it's and, not a- it's so different now right like women's wrestling so i think it was cool that she's like she did pay a lot of dues right and like, it's like i'm an amazing wrestler and i did all of these things to try and get myself ingratiated in another company and it didn't matter right like i physically altered my body and shaved my head and it still got me nowhere um the only problem is might have been better off without it i agreed every with everything she was saying and she's supposed to be the heel here right so that's yeah. a bit of an issue but i thought this I was think, great it's, i think it's like she's not even like the worst heel though she's just like kind of aggressive and like sometimes underhanded tactics yes. like she's not even like like she she's just doesn't respect anybody heel. else's abilities sort right. of thing she thinks she's better and that's basically she, most of the time she is she showed great fire here and attitude again she's not wrong about anything and I think this was a good way to further this feud because Ro- Thunder Rosa has sort of proven to me that she shouldn't be doing promos, especially live. So I thought that Which this was a good... Which is kind of begging the question, why give her the belt? I think it's going to... It's been a bit underwhelming. Like, I don't think they're going to put the belt on Deeb right now, I but... Don't... I think their and I, her chances are slightly improved. And I was all for Rosa being the one to take out. No, I her. I agree with that. Yeah, now that, that I'm kind of like uh, I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, like, I don't know what they could have done to make it better. Like, I think she was the right one. And honestly, I don't like even if it's transitioning into another heel. Like, I don't know who else you put it on. Yeah. Other than Rosa, like when Baker was champion, I mean. So I thought Deeb was awesome here. I really really like this mm-hmm. promo. Um, I thought it was a pretty good promo. I like some of the lines Deeb had. It was really good. I don't. It didn't like push me a ton towards the feud, I think, but um, I th- I really liked the promo just because I think Rosa didn't do much. Like I feel like if there was like a little more on that end too, but I really like Deep here. I think it, she's definitely carrying the feud for me. Is she on on the mic and in promo, she's definitely having to carry this feud right now. And right. I think AEW is smart enough to realize that that's how it has to be because Rosa's just not believable. I understand the connection, but I do think Dustin Rhodes' involvement is a little odd. It's I just think it's the point that she's gonna call people out and say it to their face like get out here right now because i'm the type of person that's gonna deal with right while they were saying it in that segment right right i actually remember um and so we come to our main event which is adam cole yay versus jeff hardy and and i checked the clock and there's about nine minutes left (laughs) as this starts your main event uh own heart semi-final cole attacked Hardy during, during his entrance of there's not a lot to note here there's a strike exchange uh, there's a sit-out gore buster by Hardy for two. Cole caught a whisper in the wound with a super kick, but it was pretty botched. 
Um, and I don't even blame Cole for that. Just whisper in the wind. Like, I don't, I would just rather. He ends up super kicking his legs. Cause just it the way like, Hardy right? flipped. Like, right? It just like, it doesn't, it's just that move. Like it's, it's, it's not gonna be easy. I don't blame the crowd kind Cole of popped for, for it, which I thought was weird. Yeah. It looked like he just super kicked him in the shins basically. Yeah. Or like in the ass maybe. Yeah. Um, there's a twist of fate stunner and then an inverted twist of fate by Hardy. Yeah. Um, which I know you were kind of surprised about. I, I think they've done that before. Cause like it's an easier setup to the Swanton. That's right. I think at least Matt has for done sure. that. We can say. Yes. Um, Hardy misses the Swanton though, like a little loser, and takes a last shot, like a little loser, for the win. And so Cole gets the win, and Hardy's a little loser. Dude, you missed the biggest notable of the whole main event. How dare you? He took a shirt off. Scooby Doo is in the crowd. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a guy in a Scooby Doo suit. <laughs> Full it was Scooby Doo so funny. outfit. Yeah, you know. Didn't <laughs> notice him all night until the main event. I did and not. Like, why is there Scooby Doo <laughs> in the front row? And, and then I took, and then took Sek for Japan again, like where I could see. And then I, it was so funny. And then after the match, Cole and the Bucks attack the Hardys. Sting and Darby Allen make save. Or Darby Allen bolts down and Sting is there eventually yeah um, ambles there and red dragon come down too the babies are overwhelmed sting no sells something again like a dumb chump yeah um what did you think of the match and stuff uh i mean i feel like something went long and they basically got no time for this although it's it's if it was planned it's smart because we've noticed jeff hardy looking gassed in singles matches pretty early on right so i don't think this was ever going to be lengthy but it almost felt like they might have said, "Hey Cole, we don't have time for you to do your entrance because we're running out of time. So just Even run out and a better run out and get this." So my question was, <laughs> my notes were mean in the moment. How was this a main event? It feels like other things ran long, and this was. Cut I would short. totally take Takeshita in the main event if 100%. this was what the main event was. Put Takeshita in the main event. Hardy hit his usual stuff. Cole hit almost nothing before his finisher, and we get Bucks versus Hardys. And in 2022, that doesn't move the needle for me. So for me, very. It seems to be that it's been a few lately lackluster main events for me. The yeah. women's title, the ROH women's title was lackluster just because of the situation. Um, the, Last main event I remember really liking was the ROH, the, the FTR box. Yeah, because the Allen Hardy main event was just a spectacle of one major spot that didn't really do much for me. And then this, so stop putting Jeff Hardy in the main event, I oh guess would be God, my request. Yes. I Please, that's what, oh my God, that's too big. <sighs> Tell me how much you love this match. Um... I didn't. It was so short, and like it was. Cole didn't get to do much. He did nothing. How do he you, sold. How does Adam Cole not carry this match? How does that right. not happen? Like Adam Cole is far better than Jeff Hardy. He's far less old than Jeff Hardy, and he's far better than Jeff Hardy. It feels like they kind of went, said. "Oh crap, dudes! We only have like seven minutes for this." So Adam, you're going over. So just let Jeff get a bunch of stuff in. Go. Which, like, uh, Je- like again, a shell of his former self in every sense of the term. Yep. And like. He, there's just nothing new it's just him doing the stuff he's always done at like three quarter speed it's not that right, interesting and, like and then sucking wind after about five <laughs> exactly. minutes of wrestling and i see little difference from match to match there's which not is the thing right like no and i don't know there's just nothing here and then the aftermath doesn't really do anything for me i don't care i don't know why sting and darby allen was, give a crap i was overwhelmed I by the run-ins i just I didn't don't really care. care um Takeshita was my favorite heck yes screw you jeff hardy retire please for the love of god um overall Jeez. thoughts i guess we're moving into i guess so enjoyable show uh unfortunately ended with a lackluster main event so it lost some marks there as we've said a bunch loved love love takeshita page really enjoyed um o'reilly phoenix so getting two pretty great matches on a tv show is an excellent start the opener with uh, elite and samoa joe was solid as well i thought the segments were pretty strong this week because i love deeb's promo 
really enjoyed the Jazz Blackpool Combat Club segment and really liked the MJF Wardlow stuff. So that was probably three of the longer segments, and I, re- I thought all of them were really good. So if the main event were good, this show would have been in the A range for me, which I've been waiting to get one back in the A range. But honestly, the main event was so disappointing to me, I can't really put it in the A range. But it only slightly falls. So I gave it a B plus this week. Um, a great match, a really, really good match, and three segments I really like. That's enough for me to, in a two-hour show, to say that's a B-plus show. Very good show this week, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, yeah, so I thought the opener was solid. Um, again, disappointed with that. Wrong Johnny. The wrong, wrong Johnny. The wrongest of all the Johnnies. Johnny wrong. I would rather Johnny Cena. Um, I thought Takeshita was amazing. That was, like, my favorite thing in a while. That was just, it was awesome. It was so good. Um, the, then there's a tag squash, which is fine. Uh, O'Reilly Phoenix is good. And then the women's match was there and the main event was disappointing to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the jazz, uh, segment. That was happy awesome. to say that, right? I, it is weird, yep. but, um, I thought, I thought it was really good for sure. Me too. Um, MJF segment was pretty good. Deeb's promo was also good. So like you said, the main ones were pretty good. Um, other than that, like, there's not a lot of notables. And then, uh, I, yeah, I think the main event, under-delivering. And I would have liked maybe a better opener, but... It just um, left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Exactly. After enjoying the vast majority of the show, it just went out with a whimper, as they yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's like the whole show was the death match and the main event was the fireworks. <laughs> right. It did not quite work <laughs> the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Um, so I think overall, it does even have to be plus show. I think we're almost back to where we want to be but yes. not quite yes i agree if, uh, if we had gotten like a 15 minute awesome main event this is an a show for me but they didn't so it's not exactly and now we will move into looking at some trivia as we tend to every week in a segment we like to call off the top of his head All right, so we're back to the book of questionable quality where we, what are some issues we've had? One, they didn't put the answers to one quiz, all of the answers. Some of them are, some of the questions don't make sense. There was a repeat question one, some same of the quiz. answers are wrong. Right, so we'll see how it goes because this week we're taking a look at NXT trivia. All right, what year did the first episode of NXT air? That's a reasonable question. Depends. Do you want options? 2010. Correct. Yeah, okay, it depends on what you're defining as NXT. So go ahead, explain. Oh, because 2010 the was the that... game show. Right. And then I think developmental actual wrestling NXT was 2012. So you are correct. 2010 is the answer the questionable book of trivia wanted from you. That's the, for now the, the name of this book forever. The questionable book of trivia. Which WWE superstar was the inaugural winner of the NXT show and who mentored him? Nice. Wade Barrett. So who won and who is the mentor? Wade Barrett won. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Um, do they have options for the mentor or... I can give you, so you've got Wade Barrett, so I'll eliminate that. The options for mentor then will be Cena, Lashley, Jericho, Shawn Michaels. Can't be, I, I think Jericho. It was Jericho. Indeed. I knew it couldn't be Lashley because Lashley was gone by then. I still laugh and laugh and laugh at the idea that Miz was um, Daniel Bryan's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Guy who, who is known for not being able to wrestle is mentoring the best wrestler in right. the universe. Interesting. Anyways, how many winners of NXT, what? How many? This, I'm going to read you this question as it is presented okay. in the questionable trivia okay. book. How many winners of NXT champions have there been so far? I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> so here, I guess, NXT championships, I'm guessing. So your okay. options are 18, 10, 5, or 6. 
2018. Yeah, pick the highest number. So I don't know. What that whoever means. edited this book, you should not have the job you have. Then we'll How just say that. <laughs> NXT champions have there. How many winners of NXT champions have there been? I would say <laughs> I would suggest the answer is zero because I don't even know what that question means. <laughs> this book is proving to be useful in all the wrong ways. Number four. Which of these WWE superstars has the most NXT match wins as of the writing of this book? Finn Balor. So your options are Roman Roman Reigns, The Fiend. What? (laughs) So, oh, they're not like, I guess they were technically NXT. Drew McIntyre or Asuka? Roman Reigns? No. Wait, Asuka? Asuka, yes. All right, because she had the... She just won everything ever. Never lost, right? I wish. She vacated the title, didn't she? Oh, and NXT. And went to main Rob's. Yeah. I thought they were just talking generally. No, NXT. The Fiend wasn't even in NXT if we want to get all technical about I it. I know. That's why it was funny to me. Which of these WWE supergroups began at NXT? Supergroups? Go ahead. You Why know. family? No, uh, they're not on the... They're not an option. Damn. Honestly, Think about era. it. Your favorite. Honestly, Shield. Yes. There you go. WWE supergroups, not just NXT. So Shield is correct. Number six. Which... At least I'll double check the answer. Yes, it is. Which tag team is the longest reigning in NXT history? Is it still the Ascension? It is still the Ascension. Correct. <laughs> Never have I seen such a a team booked so such strongly, a, or like such a disconnect from right. Like that, I. I mean, it honestly ha- forget that they did that because I, I never saw it but like their entrance was dope it I... was cool and then they'd just kill people and leave and then they went to the main roster and were a joke <laughs> a joke it's I, interesting i still like it doesn't even feel like they actually did that and like you think it'd be like on the speed era with their four range or something right. or even revival nope. it was they they were booked super strong uh, who was the first ever NXT champion? Seth Rollins. Correct. Seth freaking Rollins, sorry. True or false? Dean Ambrose is the only member of the Shield that did not debut in NXT. True. True is correct. He's supposed to have a few with Mick Foley. Um, which of these former NXT stars is not currently under contract in WWE? Depends, but okay. This is so hard. Big E Langston. I mean, technically he's not because he doesn't use that name anymore. <laughs> Legally, he's Roman not. Reigns? Oh. I, he doesn't still wrestle in WWE, right? I haven't seen him in a while. He's a, he's so. a minor role. He's behind the scenes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Adam Rose or Jinder? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to read it as written. Jinda Mahal. J-I-N-D-A. Mahal. Your, your, your choice is? <laughs> this a- book, Adam Rose. Correct. This book is amazing. True or false? The NXT... This I'm going to read it as written. The NXT has the most title changes for any WWE men's singles championship. True or false? The NXT has the most title changes for any WWE men's singles championship. False. It says true. I don't even understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Has the most title... I men's... don't even understand. Are you kidding? NXT has the most title changes for any men's singles championship. When the WWE title's been around since, like, 63. Right. How does that make it doesn't. any... The question doesn't even make sense. And it's the NXT, by the way. <laughs> this book is amazing. <laughs> I'm now a big fan of this book. I highly recommend it. It is providing us with much which, entertainment. What, what is the NXT? I don't know. Maybe it's different. Um, which of these superstars served as the first host of NXT? <laughs> what? Ready? Barrett, Regal, Stryker, Rhodes. 
Stryker? Correct. It was Matt Stryker. Former teacher, Matt Stryker. <laughs> Which superstar served as the first commissioner of NXT? Rhodes, JBL, Regal, Jarrett. JBL. No. Rhodes. Correct. Last one. Who was the first general manager of NXT? Regal. Correct. Like the only one, too. Yeah, now wow. it's just... Now it's just the wild, wild west, and everyone makes it's their like own matches. It's like a party, and it's like time. bring your own general manager. It is just book your own match, everybody. You're all. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. Remember when um, the stupid authority came out and said that we were going to be the new general manager, the fans, <laughs> and then they when, abandoned when they, it. Like they two blamed weeks later. Corbin for right. being bad. So now I think that the in NXT their philosophy is the general manager is you, the talent. Right? <laughs> you guys just tell us what you're going to do. But anyways, that brings us to the end of a pretty entertaining for all the wrong reasons trivia segment thanks to the questionable book of trivia we'll move back into talking about some wrestling from this week as we take a look at this week's episode of nxt uk so this uh nxt uk starts out right away with a match um and what a match we get a mall with angel hayes Taking on a jobber. Zaya Brookside and Eliza Alexander. Um, so one of my notable Alexander's more talented UK si- cousin. Twin sister. <laughs> um, one of the, my notables is that both Brookside and Alexander seem to bail out of Amal's boot. Like she's going for the big boot and they like kind of turn or whatever and look like they just don't want to take it, which is an interesting in a wrestling match, that's a pretty basic move you're gonna need to take. Anyways, uh the heels win this one. When Angel Hayes hits a knee, oh, sorry, uh, she gets hit with the knee as she hangs through the ropes and the ref is distracted. So then Brookside hits, I think it's called the broken wing, right? I forget broken what it, wings. I forget what it even is. What is it? It's like a That's backstabber, but she uses her feet. Oh, right. And it's over. Um, I don't know. Hayes got a fair amount of time in this. It looked, she looked pretty green to me. She looked like she needs a lot more work. And I don't find, I don't know about you, but. Eliza Alexander is supposed to be like Zaya Brookside's muscle, right? And I don't find her believable in that role. That doesn't really make sense. Like she's just like I feel like she's more like a backup than like a not just like a muscle, but like just like a regular old like we need to pair you with somebody. Yeah, I, I find Brookside kind of bland in the ring still, but I think her character is hateable, which is good because she's being a heel. I do see potential in Amal, who at least has some intensity. Like, I was talking about it with you as we watched this match. At least she's trying to come over as, like, intense and aggressive, right? And everyone else just looks like they're kind of just trying to get through the moves they're supposed to do. So I just thought this was an okay match. Amal looked decent. Everybody else was just kind of there. You? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, it was okay. I don't... It like, doesn't bode well for Amal. She's teaming with a jobber, but I guess just there to take the pin. I think they're trying to make her feel like not a jobber because we talked about it before. They have so many women in this like enhancement talent and just above level, right? And nobody really, nobody near eligible to dethrone Mako at this point. Right. Um. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think, I think Amal is all right, but she's not carrying this match, right? No, like, no, no. Um, and I think the rest of it was just not great. Um. Like I don't, I don't love Alexander. I don't love Brookside. I think Brookside's finisher is pretty weak. Like it's a solid move, but I think it's a pretty weak finisher. Right. And I think the finish, it's like it's not even that underhanded. No, it was, uh, it was okay. I guess this match. But then we get Ivy Nile. She visits Mako Satomura backstage, bows politely, and basically asks for a title match. Uh, Mako just says okay. Ivy Nile bows and leaves. 
So this is going to be by far the biggest test for Ivy Nile, right? Um, not even like her fault, but she just sounds like she sounded like not good. She like, doesn't she sound good. Sounds like not even because she was like bound to be all like respect. Like I find that's fine because like Diamond Mine yeah, is kind of being different right. and like, but like she just sounded like a really baby face and not in like a good way. Just she just sounded like really like I don't know. Just sounded really like nice i imagine this is them and it makes sense they're trying to develop ivy nile overseas because i imagine she's losing to mako here right but which when, would be her first loss but that's something like that's why they're doing it here because that's something they will never mention when she comes back to the u.s right when she's back in 2.0 i don't imagine they're gonna say she lost to mako satamura but it's a way because right. she hasn't really been in any match other than a showcase for herself that's really really short so this is her stepping up into a longer right. match against somebody who's awesome so i'm interested to see the match from that standpoint but i imagine i can't see ivy nile winning right so uh -uh. I, I i just think that this will never be something that's discussed back in the u.s um we then get the east end bookie segment which is shaw samuels um so he is very i was confused <laughs> he is angry with damon kemp for questioning the integrity of his odds so obviously that's going to lead to a match against Kemp and Shaw says he will be the odds on favorite and then I just had a note that Noam Dar is kind of in the background of this being his amusing self right he's just a funny character to me and it's interesting because Samuel is being really serious and angry and all this and then you've got kind of Dar being a little bit silly in the background so I don't know this was a fine segment I enjoy Noam Dar and Shaw is obviously I imagine he's just being fed to Damon Kemp here but um, I don't know. Dar's cool though. Yeah. Um. I I thought it was solid. Um. Shaw's all right. I was a little confused. Cause I I hadn't seen that um, uh, branding before, like the East End bookie thing. But I think it was fine. I was I like Dar. I thought he was amusing. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, cause Shaw's doing the thing where he's kind of like, what do we just watch Superstore on when they do um, customer safari, right? Or when Jonah gets involved in the gambling of stuff. Oh, too. Uh, the the um seasonal employees or whatever. Right. So that's kind of what's going on here. He always has his whiteboard in the back, and he's got odds on matches and stuff. Uh, we go into our second match, which is a tag team match with Rohan Raja and Teo Man representing D Familia. Is it? F it's family I, or Familia? I want to say Familia. Familia. It is Familia with an A? Yeah. No, there's sure? no. But they say it that way? That's how they say it. Okay, good. Because I can't say D Familia. If you're reading it, it just says Die Family. Right. Uh, so they're taking on Mastiff and Stars. And in a revolution, revelation, actually, sorry here, commentary tells us that that insane segment that we had no idea what it was last week with stars and mastiff was them mocking d familia and why i would have never connected those dots. me either why would they let us go a week before making that connection for us because i that segment i had no idea where they were going with that segment so yeah we, neither of us made, we're fairly intelligent people i think neither of us made that connection i think so decent amount. i think that's a sign that that segment did not work if we had no <laughs> idea what it was about. yeah I, I should have been able to get that uh stars gets a pretty nice flurry here after a hot tag but dempsey distracts him at ringside by slamming the his beloved vest on the ground of course we're back to yeah the, like on the apron um and raja then takes out stars on the floor rolls him into the ring Mastiff hits a cannonball off the apron to Raja that sort of leaves Tailman alone in the ring with stars, and he hits his like flipping DDT thing, and Tailman and Rohan Raja pick up the win here. Uh, I thought this was a fine uh, tag team match where the heels controlled um, each of the baby faces, setting up hot tags for the other baby face as well. One thing I was talking about as we watched it was Mastiff really needs to stop like tagging in 
Jack stars because Mastiff... he like absolutely has right because he generally tags in stars when Mastiff has not really taken any damage. And Although then actually, stars... this one then like later on, like you said, they had a ta- they hot had a tag hot for tag. Jack stars. But it starts out always like Mastiff's in control and he decides to tag out stars, and then stars loses control of the match and Mastiff makes a hot tag, and that's sort of every match. So if Dave Mastiff right. is an intelligent person, I wouldn't be tagging in my partner unless I felt I needed to. Um, Stars then inevitably loses control and then he tags out again. So it's the same formula. It wasn't special, but I think Tailman is really interesting in the ring. So I thought this was a solid TV tag match. You? Yeah, um, I thought it was okay. I think them do feel familiar and controlled solid. I don't love Jack Stars and I think Mass is an okay big man. Their whole formula is a little odd. I mean, I, I think it, I prefer that to Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. <laughs> yes, I prefer almost anything to that tag team. <laughs> yeah, and it was okay. I think obviously the right team won that uh, another three-way tag title match. Funny you mentioned Von Wagner. He's coming up in a little bit, thankfully. <laughs> yep, and of course he had to speak words. Um, but first we get another one of my favorites. Lash Legend. Oh talks yes, about my actual favorite. Her upcoming match with Amelia McKenzie. She says that McKenzie basically carries Mako's bag. And then Amelia just can't take that anymore. So she, she rounded the corner as she was saying that. Right. So she attacks. They brawl, and referees pull them apart. I have no thoughts on this. I don't really. I care. have no thoughts because other than get her away. Sid Scala is then. He's not happy with De Familia's cheating ways, and he talks to them and bans the rest of the family from being at ringside for the Dempsey A Kid um, heritage family <laughs> heritage rules match next week. Tailman says that he always has a plan. So a bit of intrigue. They're going to find a way to cheat nonetheless, I imagine. So that this was fine as well. They, nothing really worth mentioning. Yeah, I think I saw it. But streamline yeah, this process. Yeah. We then get uh, super heel Kenny Williams, who's obsessed with figuring out what's the guy's name in the mask now? That's definitely not. Tiger Turan. Right, Tiger Turan. So again, he is consumed by figuring out who this is. He's taking on youngster Josh Morell in this match. Morell, like I thought, presented as a really fast and athletic, uh, and then Williams sort of needing take, uh, to take shortcuts to get control of this kid. And then always getting distracted as well. Right, and then he's noticing in the crowd, I think there were multiple people in yeah, different spots wearing masks. Just ran, And we get this random. weird camera angle, right, that's directly behind the head of the person in the one mask so that we can see their masked head. And then Williams is obviously distracted by this because right. this is his obsession right now. But he still wins. Uh, that is Williams. He wins with the OG Dirty Deeds, I call it. I don't know what he's calling it. It's like the uh, I think some it's, sort of DDT. I forget what I call it. I just go like Dirty Deeds V1 or something. Right. Um, so I think this was really more about the story uh, than the match. But Morell showed some athleticism and ability here. Um, and Williams, I think we talk about it. He does a good job of playing this unhinged, paranoid character, right? So yeah, I, um, I like him in this role. This, I, he's one of my favorites left. This story is not—it's—it's uh, it's fine for me. Like I think we all know where it's going, and we're all pretty sure who's under the mask. But we also knew about Wild Boar, and that was—that was—that yeah, was, that doesn't bother well, me. So. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes predictable does not equal bad, yeah. right? We say it yeah. a lot on here. Yeah, I think it's a solid squash, nothing special, but I do like Kenny Williams. And me I think too. It's a solid story. Yep. Too bad he's so small because he'll never be anything in this yep. company. Yep, if Jordan Devlin screwed, then Kenny Williams was screwed because Jordan Devlin is like five Kenny Williams. Right. Uh, earlier this week, in my notes, it says Vin Wagner is... <laughs> Vincent Wagner. It's his brother, is bench pressing. <laughs> it's like uh, Ezekiel. Exactly. Uh, he'll be facing Sam Gradwell. Wagner talks about how big and strong he is because that's all that matters in WWE. But Gradwell then interrupts because he's pretty big and strong too, frankly. Uh, and he says that he isn't scared of Wagner. 
So we just copy and paste the brawl segment from earlier on. They start to fight and get separated by people much like uh, Lash and Amelia McKenzie did. Yep. Earlier today, Mustache Mountain had a chance to speak. Uh, Trent Seven brags about how good they are and how they'll win the triple threat match that's coming up. And then Bates sort of reminds Seven that they don't even need to get pinned to lose, so they need to be on point and focused. Seven agrees, and they walk away to strategize. I assume this is where we're going to get, um, who is it, Carter and Smith will pick up the belts, and we'll have the splintering of Seven and Bait officially, but yep. I guess we'll find out. So I thought this was... I weird. would even say you could throw them at Dio Familia. But... Yes, I agree because um, they are cool so i don't know this is a fine little segment that again is just sort of foreshadowing their ultimate demise i think mm-hmm. mark andrews is backstage he's um talking about wild boar and uh, eddie dennis match and andrews says that dennis deserves everything he'll get and then moves on for some reason shifts gears really quickly to set up a feud or a match i guess says uh because kenny williams walks by and andrews is basically like speaking of somebody who deserves what they've been getting and then williams uh asks andrews about his injured shoulder so i imagine this is going to lead up to like a match until williams can get his hands and he gets on distracted again tiger whatever and then we'll see so yeah i i don't love mark. tiger ali singh <laughs> i don't have a lot of use for mark andrews in this day and age but whatever it's fine uh, main event time, it's Wild Boar versus Eddie Dennis in a dog collar match. I don't have a lot of notes on this because it is a usual chain, like chain spots with that you get in these dog collar matches. It makes sense because Eddie Dennis has been trying to run away from Wild Boar repeatedly. I would prefer so a cage that. match, if I'm being honest. Right, I get that stipulation. Um, so even Dennis is trying to run away from the match here. But Bloody Wild it makes sense with the whole symbiosis gimmick, actually. Wild Boar catches him and puts the collar on him, so they're hooked up. For now, there is a <laughs> there's a bit of an issue later. So the visual contrast here is cool because Eddie Dennis is incredibly tall and thin, and then you've got the short and very like stout uh, wild boar here. So that kind of looks cool. Um, you get all of the usual chain spots, as I said, uh, and then we noticed like the 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 chain is detached from Wild Boar's collar, and then we and, like, cut to like a, like a close up or something. Yeah, cut to a close up of Eddie Dennis, and then boom, the collar's back on. So they yeah. clearly did a bit of editing here. That was pretty funny. It was not supposed to come off, but yeah, the power bomb onto the chain was about the coolest thing I saw in this. Actually, the finish was. Yeah, that looked I cool that too. Better. Primate ends up getting involved here, as you would expect, but Wild Boar fights him off. And in the end, Wild Boar wins a really cool visual. Actually, he's got the cross face on with the chain wrapped around Eddie Dennis's yeah, face. Yeah, like multiple and, times. It and looked, through his mouth, right? Yeah, and it was like he was pulling on it pretty it did look deep. Good. It looked really cool. It did look good. It was like just like his face is just like it's almost uncomfortable looking, but like it, it looked really yep. cool. So yeah, outside of all of the standard um, spots with chains, I thought this looked really good. Um, so the stipulation of this made sense since Dennis has been running this whole time. But again, mostly just a standard dog collar match. Never really my favorite. I find it really limiting to have to work with the chain. Um, any kind of going in and out of the ring is really questionable. And just the number of things you can do are limited when the guy is tethered to your neck sort of thing. Um, the powerbomb looked good. The finishing images of the crossface with the chain were super cool. But the rest of this was just pretty standard stuff, I thought. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think generally the standard spots, I don't think it was any more or less interesting than mjf punk like i think that one was better but in yeah. terms of being of interest level i don't think it is better or worse um i think a couple of spots are cool and then uh, most of it most of boils down to um most of it boils down to the same stuff but yep. i i thought the that it broke that was funny and then also i think the finish looked really nice it did actually. look really cool they could they 
could reuse that somewhere else and I'd be totally fine with it. Yeah, it looked really cool. Uh, overall, a step back from last week's show that I think we I gave an A-, minus, and you might have agreed. I thought it was really good last week. Uh, the main event for me hurt this one because I just personally, uh, it has to be an exceptional dog collar match for me to get into it, and this one wasn't. The opening women's match was just okay. Um, Kenny Williams was basically in an enhancement match. The match of the night was the DeFamilia tag team match, and it was good. It wasn't anything amazing, but that was the best thing we got on this show. Segments weren't bad, but nothing really stood out. So I gave it a C plus this week. Like, I, I wouldn't say anyone needs to go out and see anything from no. the show. So that, that fails the sort of B range for me. So a C plus. Yeah, I think everything was pretty average. Nothing stands out. Nothing sucked. Right. But, um, I think C plus is fair. Um. I don't know, nothing much. Uh, I don't do. They, are they ever gonna get a pay per view or anything? Or it doesn't live event? feel like it. But like, yeah, because I feel like nothing. Even ever f- put together a special episode. Yeah, if nothing you want. ever feels like super big. Like no. Yeah, and they're on the network. Why not give them like a special two hour one? Right. Or something. something. But anyway. Yeah. So yeah, just a kind of an okay to watchable show, but nothing really that stood out. Right. Right. Uh, I guess that's going to bring us into the next segment where we're gonna talk about other wrestling stuff, and we call that any other wrestling business. <laughs> So I think the only thing to talk about in any other wrestling business this week is NXT. I think you were around for a little bit of it, maybe. I don't know. We'll find I out as not. I recap it. Um, so we get a recap to start out of last week, focusing on the breakout tournament. Uh, Fallon Henley and Nikita Lyons advanced. Natalia beat Cora Jade in the main event, and now they respect each other, and that's about that. So we're going to go quickly through this, because I've got my new note-taking method where I only watch it, and then I write down when I'm done watching it. And if I if it's notable, I'll remember. And if it's not, I won't. And I think it's working out for NXT's. me. Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes take on Solo Sokoa and Cameron Grimes in a triple threat to start this show. Um, Hayes and Trick are talking as they make their entrance, and Hayes basically claims to be the rightful A champion. Sokoa looks strong early, but a momentary distraction on the apron allows the heels to take over and isolate Sokoa for a while. Uh, Grimes gets the hot tag and cleans house. Sokoa tags himself back in and, uh, sorry, not a triple threat. It's a tag team match. I'd realize I just said that. It's Williams and Hayes taken on Sokoa and Grimes. Sorry. I'm, as I'm recapping, it doesn't make sense. Uh, Sokoa tags himself back in just as Grimes does his taunt ahead of the cave-in. Hayes hits Grimes with the springboard clothesline, but Sokoa hits a Uranagi to Hayes, a pretty big one actually. And then the top rope splash as Grime hits the, Grimes hits his cave-in to Trick Williams to stop Trick from breaking up the pinfall. So Grimes and Sokoa pick up the win here. Sokoa takes the North American title from the referee, looks at it briefly, possibly foreshadowing something, hands it to Grimes as the crowd chants, you got next. The crowd loves Solo Sokoa, I can say that much. He is very over in NXT. And honestly, I thought this was a pretty good tag team match to start the show. Trick Williams has improved. And in this tag match, they kept his role simple and kind of limited. And I think he did a good enough job here. So that's nice to say because he's looked pretty weak in some spots. Here they limited his role and he did a good job, I thought. It started out feeling like a showcase for Solo Sokoa, to be honest. I was afraid that Grimes was kind of looking like an afterthought in that tag team. But he did get a hot tag. It put the focus back on Grimes for a bit. But then again, he turned things over and Sokoa got the finishing sequence. Again, I think they really recognize how over Sokoa is. Um, the crowd loves him. And he's solid in the ring. I think he does a good job. So I'm pretty sure he's going to get a push and be the North American champion pretty soon. I would think if he's saying he's got next, I would assume he actually wins. So a pretty good start to the show. A decent tag team match. 
I don't think you watched it, right? You I did there. not. Um, I saw Sokoa's ring attire is a bit different, but... I don't even remember. What was he wearing? <laughs> it was like half half the shorts had like a red Samoan pattern or something. Oh, nice. Uh, Mackenzie is then talking to Pretty Deadly about their upcoming match against the Creeds, and they say they're not sweating the Creeds at all, and they already beat the Creeds once. Mackenzie then point, rightfully points out that, yes, they beat them, but it was the end of a gauntlet match after the Creed had, Creeds had already beaten however many other teams but pretty deadly and like to ignore that fact. And they go to get ready to watch the Viking Raiders beat the Creeds this week. Um, pretty deadly, very entertaining. They let, because I can never, I have like this mental block for their name. So you're going to help me out here. They let the dark haired one speak this week. Who is? Uh, uh Oh, Kit Wilson. I okay, think. sure. Um, and he's not quite as good as the blonde one, who is... Elton Prince. Right. Um, but still amusing, right? Pretty Deadly are a fun act, I think. A really fun heel act. Um, Thea Hale, I think it is. She's 18 years old, and she's been signed to WWE Developmental. Even the, though she's actually been signed since March. They talk about the try. It was hard. This uh, is she, she got excited to get the call that she made it, but she has to graduate high school first. And then she announces that WWE are going to let her train while she goes to college. And my only note is WWE never misses an opportunity to promote themselves as the company that actually cares before they fire 75 of and you And the year. young talent. You gotta love right. the young talent. Like, aren't they great? They're gonna let me train while I go to university. Oh, cool. They just fired 100 people last year and made <laughs> record profits during a pandemic. Exactly. So, yes. Uh, anyways, breakout tournament match time. Lash Legend versus Tatum Paxley. Paxley, yikes. Um, Paxley, so she's trying to come off as this power lifter powerhouse, right? So they did this. Uh, this match annoyed me greatly, surprisingly enough. So, anyways, they get a brief promo from Paxley. She says that Lash is big, but that Paxley is stronger. Well, that does not bear out in this match, unfortunately. So three separate times throughout this match, like not all in a row or anything, just spread out, Paxley keeps trying and failing to pick Legend up in an electric chair for some sort of move. And then basically after the third attempt, Lash lands a big boot and wins this match. So you've got this woman who is only pushed as a powerhouse and she can't pick up Lash Legend. So her whole gimmick is exposed and blown up. And I don't know what Tatum Paxley's supposed to do now at this point, right? Because... I'm a powerhouse, I'm a powerhouse, I'm a powerhouse. I can't pick this woman up. And then I get kicked and I lose. Right. Um, so obviously I didn't like this. It was slow and sloppy. But that's Lash at this point, right? Um, and again, Paxley's pushed as a powerhouse and doesn't look the part at all. To me, like, to contrast, Persia Parada, who they just released, looks way more like a powerhouse. Even then, I didn't buy that, though. I, I, way more than Paxley is. Especially, you can't pick the person up three times and then right. you lose. Anyways. Um, it was bad. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is with his nephews. Sorry, I just say that jokingly. His whatever they are, goons. I forget um, one. Of them, that I forget look, their names. One of them, uh, two stacks and dimes or something <laughs> like that. They talk about what they're going to do to Escobar by referring to things they've already done to fictional people in the past because they're super tough mobsters. In case you didn't know, and tonight Tony D'Angelo says he will face Santos alone. Um, I still hate this. They let the kids speak this time, and one of them was okay. I don't know if it was dimes or two stacks. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not going to put think the they're time level up regulars. One of them sounded okay, and the other one did not. And this, as a note here, it's this is closer to cringeworthy to me than entertaining. And yes, I'm an old man. I'm going to say cringeworthy, the proper word, instead of saying cringe, as you young people like to say. 
cringe-worthy segment. Um, next note: WWE does charity stuff. NXT, <laughs> NXT was it? Um, wait, what, what was the know. charity? Uh, I have no I idea. Susan, and NXT, I was hoping it was Susan G. Komen. And no, it wasn't. And NXT is going back on the road. Like with it, it they announce all the places they're going, and it's like this place in Florida, and then this place in Florida, and then this place in Florida. So that's them back on the road. They're m- m- staying in one state. It looks like uh, Duke Hudson is talking to Mackenzie backstage. He's realized that no one can measure up to him. He keeps mentioning his 6'5", or whatever, I think. Braun barges right through the set, and this annoys Duke Hudson greatly. He will not let this aggression stand. Uh, Braun Breaker, as he, I guess, busted through that set, was on his way to the ring. He wants to address the Gacy situation from last week, where Gacy left Braun in a field and then tried to recruit him to join his group one more time. And I know you're going to be shocked by this, Jack. Braun is not going to join Gracie's group. What? Yeah. Well, and but now, that, that was a sure thing. I thought so. But now he not only wants to beat Gacy, he wants to put him unconscious. Gacy takes an incredibly long time to say that he wants a one-on-one match where if Braun gets DQ'd, he still loses the championship. And this again, we have more people making their own matches, but at least this time he's offering the match and Braun does end up accepting it. Because Braun is just so mad, so he accepts this match even though it doesn't benefit him at all. And the crowd has seemingly, like me, because I thought this Gacy character had potential for a while, but they seem to have turned on Gacy as well. And this promo didn't help. He just took forever to say a very basic thing. Um, and it forced Braun, which is kind of funny because they kept cutting to Braun Breaker in the ring, right? And him having to put on his, like, I am so furious face was ridiculous. And because Gacy spoke so long, right. he just had to keep doing like this, like this, I'm just fuming mad face, right? Nice. The idea is he's supposed to be selling that he's so mad, he's not right. going to be able to stop himself from exactly. getting DQ'd in the match, right? right? But who cares? He's already beaten this kid clean. Like, there's no... yeah. They're not reheating Gacy. They're just like doing it again. Anyways, the main event scene is a bit of a joke right now. Um, Yeah, they're forcing Braun to act in this angle, right? They're forcing him to like pretend. Whereas before, I think he was just kind of like, be yourself, be an aggressive, take on all comers, willing to fight anyone. But now they're forcing him to be an actor and it's really not working on him. But I guess at the end of the day, it is developmental. So he's getting experience having to play stupidly scripted stuff which when he gets called up to main roster he's gonna have to do all the time so you may as well get used to it now indy hartwell for the first time in her career she's flying solo and she's done feeling sorry for herself she calls her shot and wants to take on mandy rose you saw this i remember yes because we, uh, we were both like wow this is pretty good actually oh yes indy yes. hartwell mm-hmm, promo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah she got to be serious and realistic here right like i'm on my own I'm a good wrestler. I've never gotten a chance to showcase myself. I'm calling my shot. Even though, does she deserve a title shot? Of course not. Probably not. not. But that's the least of our worries in NXT, right? So regardless of how I felt about the way and those index characters she was playing, it gave her a lot of experience, right? Now, she's being asked to do something simpler, right? And more realistic. So I think she did a good job here. And I'm happy that she gets a chance to do something kind of interesting and not just comedy, right? I kind of hope she gets a push because... A lot of the women here are really inexperienced and green, and Indy at least has a lot more experience than many do, right? So you and I both like this, right? Yeah, that was actually surprisingly good. Me too. Indy Hartwell being serious, and it works. Who knew? 
Uh, we then get Mackenzie with Wesley, who is also being more serious here. He's mad at Zion Quinn for ducking a second match with him. I guess he's not cleared still. still. So Nathan Fraser comes in. He asks for the match with Lee instead. Lee appreciates the offer because they're both baby faces here, but he doesn't really want to take his anger out on Fraser, kind of like, I'm so mad about this whole thing with Zion Quinn, I might hurt you. Fraser doesn't really care. He just says he looks forward to the challenge. So I think Lee is also getting a chance to be more serious, and I like it for be better for him as well. Um, since his partner left, he's not just doing goofy comedy like secret stoner gimmick. So I think this is a little better. Um, but Fraser has not come across very well in promos for me since getting to NXT. He just seems kind of bland and not like a star at all in his speaking abilities. So I hope that changes because I like him a lot in ring. Um, just I don't really haven't liked any segment he's been involved in so far. We then get the Creeds versus the Viking Raiders. Did you watch this match? I feel like you did. Uh, I think. Or was maybe. it the previous one you watched? No, I, I you... definitely watched that one. I might have. I think I watched this. So one. this was a back and forth, hard hitting match. Uh, Brutus did hit his. Did they call it the Brutus Ball? The one where he does like yeah, the, the cannonball off the. But remember, he it was like a glancing blow, and then his ankles took all the impact. Yeah. I can't believe he didn't break one or both of his ankles off of this. I know. Move. Um, it looked cool in the air, but he didn't execute it great out the bottom. We get, um, I don't think I've seen it before from the Creeds. You, oh yeah, you, cause I know you saw this. It was fireman's carry high knee into a spine buster combination. I thought that looked pretty cool. We get a second rope world strongest slam by Ivar a little bit later that looked good. Uh, Eric ends up taking Brutus out with the high knee. They both go to the floor. Damon Kemp distracts the referee and Strong goes uh, in to attack Ivar. But Julius, again, because we're in this issue, they want to win cleanly. They don't want to win by shenanigans. So Julius stops Roderick Strong this week from getting involved. But of course, that's just enough distraction. It allows Ivar to hit a spinning kick and they hit like an assisted powerbomb. Um, and the yeah. Viking Raiders pick up the win. And Strong and the Creeds argue after the match in the ring, and uh, Damon Kemp is trying to play peacekeeper between the two groups here to so try and keep Diamond Mine together that seems to be splitting apart at the seams. Um, I don't know about you, I love this match. Excellent tag team match. Put it on my list. I think I liked it better than the first one. And I'm not going to lie, partly I need to, I put it on the list. I really, really did enjoy it, but also I'm thinking like, what's NXT going to offer me that's better than this? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like yeah. grading on a curve it made the list because I really did enjoy it. Um, I thought it was a good match and the finish furthers the Diamond Mines issues lately. Uh, even though it was predictable, again, I don't think it was a bad route to go this way. And the Creeds are now becoming pretty believable baby faces out of this storyline. So that to me means it's an effective storyline. And the Viking Raiders get a quality win. They looked really good. I thought this was a great TV tag team match. I don't know if you had any thoughts on it. I really like both of these matches, but I think this one I like better than the first even. I don't remember a lot of it, but I think it was good for NXT. Which yeah, it's great for NXT. Not saying much. No, I mean, I still think this would hold up if you put it on Dynamite. It probably isn't like the best tag team match you're going to see on Dynamite, but it's a very good tag team match. Yeah. We then get Escobar. He wants to face Tony D'Angelo one-on-one without any of the other Legato members there. And they, of course, try to talk him out of making this decision. Um, but they can't talk him out of it. The segment ends with Joaquin Wilde and Mendoza, sorry, whatever his new name is, Cruz del Toro. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they going off to do what they need to do. So I don't know what that means, but clearly Escobar has some sort of plan. And honestly, Escobar is now the exact same thing that 
Tony D'Angelo is doing, only not as bad. Like he's doing right. a better job of it. I think it's still bad. Don't get me wrong. But you can see that Escobar could be really cool. At this crap they're giving him is just so hard for him to overcome. I say it every week. I still feel really bad for Escobar here. This guy could be a star. And this is the nonsense he has to do for weeks and weeks on end. Waller, uh, Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton complain about Stratton not being in the breakout tournament, which I think is a fair point, actually, before Stratton sends Waller to deal with the Andre Chase situation. Um, sure, I still think these two have potential. They're just really strong heels, and uh, they're put together in lieu of doing other stuff, I guess. I don't have a problem with it. Braun Breaker, oh, brave Braun Breaker's in the parking lot. That's the scariest place on earth. Rookie champion. He briefly rants about Gacy before uh, Duke Hudson interrupts him and tells Braun that if he ever disrespects Duke Hudson again, Braun won't make it to In Your House to defend the title. Strong words there from him. Uh, Braun they asks, are in the parking lot. Braun asks Hudson if he's feeling big and bad, and then they make a match, obviously, because everyone just makes matches whenever they feel like it. So Hudson walks as he's walking off, just adds next week. So I guess we're getting this match next week. For the championship, Duke Hudson wins Duke Hudson versus Joe Gacy. Right. And that's the thing. I guess it's giving Braun something to do before wrestling Gacy again. Um, but it's not a very interesting lineup of challengers for your main champion, right? They need to elevate somebody else. My recommendations would be Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, um, Escobar. I think they could all be like top-notch right. heels if you wanted them to. Or maybe they'll start their plan is to rely on bringing people down from main roster, right? Because even if you're the biggest jobber on main roster, you are at the top of the heap in NXT, as we've seen. It makes sense and also does not make sense at the same time. Right. Uh, Grayson Waller versus Andre Chase. Waller crashes into Bodie at ringside after going over the top ropes. Uh, Chase sends Waller back into the ring, and then he briefly takes a moment to check on his buddy Bodie Hayward. And of course, that's enough. As Chase gets back in the ring, walks right into the rolling cutter from Waller and takes the pin. And this was just a pretty standard Andre Chase match. He gets a couple of flurries in, looks pretty decent during those flurries, and then puts the other guy over in a very short match. But I will say, remember how, because you were still watching when Chase U started, and we thought it had some potential, and then they basically did the exact same segment every week in the classroom, right? right? And it got boring. But now that they're actually involved in storylines and they've added some people... I think it's a, like a decent, like, I don't know, light, fun, like light, fun, yeah, kind of faction. And Saray is kind of added with them today because she was up in the Chase U section of the crowd. And I don't even have a problem with that because I don't really think they have anything better planned for her at this point. Um, it also gives Waller something to do until they find something, hopefully for me, higher profile for him because I think he's a good heel and he's just sort of involved in this until something better comes along. So a decent little enhancement match, I guess. Uh, Toxic Attraction, um, watch a babyface promo from Cat and Zero and Carter. Oh, it's not Cat and Zero, is it? It's Katana Chase? Chance. Chance. Damn, I was so close. So they're watching this promo. Mandy walks in, and they complain about everyone wanting their titles. That's kind of how it works, right? When you're the champion, guess what? People want championships. But anyways, I digress. They say they've dominated for eight months. Mm -hmm. And we'll get some respect, starting with Mandy taking care of Indy Hartwell. Honestly, this is developmental. I'm here to tell you, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are not getting any better. Speaking. And they've been at the top for and, however long. And like, Dolan's not even a rookie. Like, she's got tons she's of indie for sure. I don't know about Jane, but they're not good. They're not believable in these roles. Mandy is passable on the mic. Um, she's not good either, but she's better than the I'm other two. I'm disappointed she's been champion as long as she has. It's bizarre that they won't pull the plug on this. It's not bizarre. They 
somebody backstage thinks this is gold and they're going to ram it down our throats until we start to like it, even though nobody cares about it. But anyways, Diamond Mine are bickering backstage. Roddy tells the Creeds they need to listen to him. The Creeds walk away. Strong says, go get something. Remember we even... Yeah, he was like, go get... And I was like, I was like, what did he... <laughs> we didn't know what he said. It was like, um... Alba Fire, remember? I have no or idea what she, he said. She, yep. Yeah, that was her, right? And we went back and tried really hard to pick up what he was saying. It was inaudible. So Kemp leaves to go do whatever this thing is that we couldn't hear. So that makes this segment kind of pointless to me. Uh, Pretty Deadly come in. Roddy ends up making a match with himself and Kemp taking on Pretty Deadly, which I think is actually a decent way to further the roddy creed sort of issues right then like he could win and be like right and oh, even right. just or, or lose and then creeds are like getting himself a tag title shot when they already have a tag team in their is it faction a tag title right? shot or i don't know if or, it is. or like it could be like then he wants them to interfere for him or yeah that could it, be it could be something but like it, that. it i'm actually not minding the diamond mine story at all even though roddy's not good on the mic the the story they're telling is is pretty good it's like realistic and kind of simple so i like it we're then back to the tournament whatever it is breakout breakthrough crap four minute match women's matches tournament roxanne perez versus kiana james fka uh any do you remember what her previous name was uh wait who, who she wears glasses so she's really smart now oh uh, who who was she before <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh, I, I forget know. what it was but she had a previous uh, anyways james's character to me reminds me of those shows i hated that you watched like, um, what was the one where the kids own the Some toy? Some assembly required. Right. Or um, Kicking It, where it's like... I love Kicking It. Look, she wears glasses, so she's the smart character, right? Like, that's basically all they're doing here, is she's smart because she wears glasses and she works with numbers. That's just, I so love stupid. Kicking It, okay? Kicking It's the best. It I would not. so watch that right now. It's cringe. Exactly. Um, so James has the size and strength advantage, and Perez played the resilient babyface role well here. She looked better than she has in most stuff I've seen in NXT, I think. And then Roxanne hit her code red out of the corner for the win. I think they're calling it something else. I didn't catch it. It doesn't matter. The match code was C. The match was decent. There at least was a clear heel face dynamic really quickly. James looks athletic, showed some pretty good intensity. So I think she's one of the ones in here, despite her gimmick. Um, it seemed to get a bit more time than some of the other ones as well. And the result is no surprise. Roxanne's a really promising young talent. But I thought James showed some signs here too. She just needs to get rid of this. She wears glasses, so she's smart character. Blade and Anafe, this was bizarre. I don't think you saw this. <laughs> So they're backstage cosplaying Escobar and D'Angelo, Tony D'Angelo. Why? Just because that's what they do in their own time, I guess we are to believe. Are we to believe <laughs> that they're cosplayers. in their own time they cosplay <laughs> and act out things in their own time? <laughs> right. um, well, Stacks and Two Dimes come up and challenge them for next week, and Inafe accepts. So we're going to get the debut of Stacks and Two Dimes, which I'm kind of interested to see because <laughs> I have a feeling they could be pretty limited. It sounds not good. But yeah, so I kind of like Inafe and Blade, but this felt really forced way to set up this match. Like, why why are these guys doing this in their own time? I don't I don't understand. But anyways, doesn't matter. I don't know. Mackenzie congratulates Roxanne, and Jade interrupts. Uh, to hug her buddy Roxanne because they're trying to say that Jade and Roxanne now go way back and they're they're super tight. Elector Lopez interrupts, says she'll take out Alba Fire next week. She insults Jade and Roxanne and walks away. Uh, Jade and Roxanne did not sound great here. I think Roxanne is pretty good in the ring, especially considering how young she is, but her promos really need work. 
the interaction was pretty awkward before Lopez showed up. And if you need Elector Lopez to save a segment, that is not a high. <laughs> that is <laughs> that, not a good position. That's to pretty be. telling about the state right. of things. So we get a match I was really looking forward to, and then they killed it. It's Wesley taking on Nathan Frazier. So these are two super quick, high flying guys. I enjoy watching both of them. Um, and so Wesley is kind of working what I called the hangman angle right now. He's got self-doubt and lack of confidence since his partner left, and he's been sort of struggling to find his place in A NXT. half, half, half-baked hangman. Right. Um, the match was really fun while it lasted. We have two incredibly quick high flyers, evenly matched and with similar styles. I could actually see them just shoving Nathan Fraser into the spot occupied by the guy that got fired and forming a tag team here. Who knows? But then we get it ruined because... What's one characteristic about Lee and Fraser? They're small. So mm-hmm. guess what? Then you're going to get killed. Von Wagner comes out. He hits a boot to Fraser right away. So I guess Fraser wins the match by DQ. Wesley then attacks Wagner, gets in a couple punches, but eventually, in actually what looked a pretty impressive spot, I don't know if you saw it, Gorilla Press thrown from the ring onto the announce table that was actually pretty impressive. Um, but the finish of this match made both of these guys look like geeks, right? Fraser... Fraser for example, he battles through lots of Lee offense, but then dies off of one boot from Wagner because he's right. never to seen again. And then Lee can only land a couple of punches before getting destroyed by Braun, sorry, Braun, Von Wagner because he's really big, in case mm-hmm. you didn't know that, right? And his world. So this felt like Kevin Nash killing the cruiserweight division in WCW and just like disrespectful to these guys right like you want to do this do this to jobbers don't do this to a guy that you just brought over from uk and are touting as this major talent right and wesley who's now struggling to find his way like he just got buried because he's small um so i don't know this this match was starting to be good and they just decided to kill it uh sanga is backstage and he's (laughs) here's my note sanga speaks for wwe management and tells lee and fraser that two men of their size could never stand up to von wagner (laughs) right that's basically how they feel fraser walks off he doesn't really care but wes lee will not let this stand he just won't take this disrespect from sanga and it looks like sanga and lee will have a match where i assume lee will get squashed because he's small and sanga big and this is wwe now it's just another like offshoot of main exactly. roster philosophy right yeah. so that's what we're gonna well get. they're developing them to, to to experience this on the main roster exactly right? so it is preparation exactly. for their future uh escobar and tony d'angelo in the main event d'angelo looks for something in the apron as this match goes on but wild and mendoza walk down the aisle i guess to distract him from finding it i think he's looking for brass knuckles i think the point is escobar was one step ahead and moved them so D'Angelo's nephews run out and attack Legato. Escobar ends up with the brass knuckles because I think he moves where they are. So he knocks out Tony D with a punch and picks up the win here. Uh, a solid match, a decent main event, but it, did, it didn't have the intensity because these are like two mob bosses in the middle of a turf war, right? And it just felt like a, a regular match. Um, it was solid to good, but kind of normal. With the weak, lazy finish, I thought this was not like, didn't feel like a chapter in a blood feud as it's supposed to be, right? And I am glad Escobar won. D'Angelo again shows he's capable of working a good match, but it was a good main event, but nothing amazing. Um, but then it's not even really the main event because we have to have Joe Gacy come out. Of he, re- he reminds us that the match he pitched to Braun was accepted and that Braun's loss of control will bring Gacy full control of NXT and the world because that is the next logical step. Well, yeah, because as you know, when you win a championship, you, you in NXT. control of that brand. And then, and then, the then also, it, it leaves the world vulnerable to your control. I and guess. Then he, and then he's going to get it, it, right? So. And then we get his like 
villainous laugh repeated over and over to end the show. Alabre so, Wyatt. At least in an overall reflection on this, I can say that there was a standout match on the show. Like, I highly recommend the Creed uh, Viking Raiders match, but not really anything else from this. The opener was good enough. Like, the opening tag match was pretty good. So overall, <laughs> this is the highest praise I can give NXT lately. This show annoyed me very little. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm still not behind the Braun Gacy story and the Escobar D'Angelo stories, and those are a big part of this show, so I can't say the show was good either, but it felt like a C show to me. You got a really good match, other stuff that wasn't bad, but just furthering of storylines that I don't really care about. But that's an above-average show for NXT 2.0, right? Yeah. So that brings me to the end of that. Do we have any figuring it out this week? There's just like, nah, there's not really anything. Okay, like, so I won't, I won't, interesting. I won't make an edit and put in the kids cheering here. We'll just no. say we'll push it to next week. Yeah, the kids will just have to be sad. Right. So I guess that brings us to the end of episode 96. We're just coming in at under two hours again. Seems like our new sort of standard time, which is great. Allows me time to quickly shower and get out to that baseball game. But anyways, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. We really do appreciate you checking out us talking about wrestling in our basement for a couple hours. Uh, we hope to see you back here next Saturday for episode 97. And until then, take care. 